I will never focus. I will only focus. <laughs> Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. I am Elaine. I'm Carly. John. There's in here. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action and adventure. Normally, we pick movies from our genre that we think are underrated, but not this time. No. Why not? Because we're starting a new, this is the start of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Starting a new birthday month it's selection. Because <laughs> last time we didn't Man of Steel for my birthday. And yes. now I have chosen for John's birthday the movie 1999's Blue Streak. And why did I pick this movie? Because John and I have a large cat in our pants. Have say the same line from this movie over and over. It's kind of a thing. Tango and Gato Los Pantalones? No. For the red, the white, <laughs> and the green. And we do that all the time. And Carly has no idea why. But now she does. She does now. Now she does. Now she does. And now she thinks it's even lamer. Well, <laughs> this whole movie could suck. We don't know. We just like that one line. So let's find out. Let's see if it holds up. Aren't you excited? What would you think going in, John? For hold like, up, it'd have to be good originally. Oh, wow, people have Martin, thoughts. Martin Lawrence hear. being in it is very unlikely. I thought this was Martin Lawrence's best movie. Really? I like this better That's... than Big Mama's House. Everybody liked this better than Big Mama's Lawrence, House. Martin Lawrence in anything ever. I liked Not... him in the first Bad Boys. You didn't like him in Bad Boys? No, because re- everyone was talking about how good Bad Boys was. And I was like, you know what? I hadn't yeah, that... seen it in a while. And I rewatched it, and it's terrible. there was nothing I liked about it's, it. It's not good. I have to. I, I think I like the second one, but I have to rewatch it. You don't really. <laughs> the they third invade, one. Um, the the Miami PD invades Cuba. Oh, that's right. That's right. In the very, <laughs> that's that. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> the third one. Is so they're doing like dog to rescue under to rescue an undercover shit. DEA officer. That's right. No. That's right. Mm-mm. You don't like so, that. So yeah, they're all terrible. But yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I forgot about that. Uh, what'd you think going in, Tony? I was like, uh, Martin Lawrence is in this. Luckily, it's only an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, Carly? I had never heard of it. Which <laughs> actually surprised no. me because it came out when I was like middle school to high yeah. school. During the time... You were into movies? Well, I saw some movies and I had friends that went to movies, but I never heard of this. <laughs> she was aware there were movies back then. I was. <laughs> I thought this was a different movie. I mean, I know we kept talking about it, but I, whenever I would think about it, I was like, I kept getting familiar, I kept getting confused with Running Scared and Silver Streak and like, there's another oh. cop movie. Oh, I it's thought like you it's were maybe of, getting it confused with Eddie Murphy's Metro. Maybe. But there's like a couple <laughs> That's of movies. That's actually a movie you're going to see sometime, eventually, maybe. I don't think I've ever seen it. I'd watch it. And I have ridden the ride at Cedar Point that's called the Blue Streak, but that's not named after this. Well, <laughs> the Blue Streak. I feel like it was around when my parents were young. So, Martin Lawrence, and I mean, I we'll like talk about Martin. it right now because we're right here. Martin. But he had this show, Martin, Martin and he got Which pretty popular. I liked. He was also he a, was a pretty in, good stand-up comedian. And then he was in Boomerang. And then people thought, well, maybe he could do movies. And he was in Bad Boys, which was huge. <laughs> but then, after Bad Boys, he had a small movie career, because he did A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. And then he did Nothing to Lose. Crap. And then he did Life, which was terrible. That was actually good. <laughs> then he did Blue Street. Where you ask that? I was at Ray's Boom Boom Room. It's a fun movie. That might be good because of Ed and Murphy, though. No, the two of them together are great. Well, then, then he does Blue Streak. 
And I think this might be his last good movie. What because about Black Knight? Then, no, because <laughs> then in 2000, he does Big Mama's House. Which, and then he just, crap. what's the worst that could happen? And then he does Black Knight. And then he tries to bring it back with Bad Boys 2, but that didn't work. <laughs> and then he has to go back to Big Mama's House too. Didn't there like four of those? And then he was in a cartoon movie. And then in 2007, he was in Wild Hogs. The, yeah. Wild Hogs? <laughs> that was terrible. The first one? Yeah. yeah. The problem with Big Mama's it's House not, is that... No, they I've seen Wild it. Hogs. I don't remember him being in it. Yeah, he is. Because yeah, it's, it's John Travolta, Tim Allen... Uh-huh. Uh, McGint- McGintney, right? No, it's William H. Macy. It's Tim Allen, well, John Travolta, and William H. Macy, and Martin. They're like the oh, four Martin of them. Okay. Martin Lawrence. Here. I don't remember yeah. being in that. Maybe he's dumb, but I'm like, if it's on, I'll probably watch some of he's it. He's the he's the token African American uh, in their group of four people. No, he's the black guy. Okay. Anyways, All moving right. on. But so yeah, so like I this I think was his last good movie, and then his he did Big Mama's House, which I think he thought was going to be like his Nutty Professor, which people really liked. Or the Crumps but, or whatever. But Big Crumps, Mama's House Crumps. was not was not as no, good Big as Mama's the House Nutty was Professor. A, was a hit, but everybody compared it to Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yes, because they both were comedians dressed up as an older woman. Mm. Mm-hmm. With a big bodysuit, and the natural comparison was there, and he just wasn't as good as Robin Williams. Because well, I watched that again recently, and you know, that's a terrible movie. Doubtfire? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I rewatched it not too long ago, and I was like, without, I, I thought this was a lot funnier. Without it being Robin Williams, that's a terrible movie. Well, because what's his name, unless I'm remembering it wrong, because it, it's been a while. It's wrong. But, but what's his name isn't a bad guy. No, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan is a good dude. He's fine. He's fine. And he has a run by fruit. And Sally yeah. Field is just trying to be a good mom. Yeah. She can't live with like, this crazy person. <laughs> like, when she's yeah, trying- if it's not Robin Williams, he's the bad guy. Yeah. Like, there's a scene in that movie, which is when you realize, wow, this movie's terrible. Um, when Sally Field is talking about Daniel to her husband, to Mrs. Doubtfire, and says, I fell in love with him because he was so fun and he made me laugh so hard. But then he couldn't hold down a job and I would be tired and coming home and having to take care of everything and he never helped and he, <laughs> like... He wasn't a partner. He wasn't a partner. He wouldn't <laughs> help me. And then he stopped. I, it's Everything stopped being funny. Mm-hmm. And you could see it in, in Mrs. Doubtfire's face how horrified it is that, that was our, that's how she summed up our marriage. And that's when you realize Sally Field is the hero. <laughs> because she should have had him arrested. <laughs> I don't think Sally Field is not the hero. Arrested for what? <laughs> well, for... Go ahead. I'll wait. She should have had him arrested. Or? <laughs> For fraud. Impersonating a doubt fire. What was the fraud? Pretending to be a elderly house. A doubt fire. Did, did he perform the duties? He, he was not allowed to, to be around their children, and he violated their court agreements. That's true. Was he not allowed to be around the children? He only supervised visits. He was only supposed to have supervised visits. No. No, he he violated their the custody. I don't their think she could have had him arrested for that. It doesn't matter. That He's definitely is, losing custody. Oh, that movie is terrible. <laughs> Any that he has is gone. That movie, yeah. that movie is really terrible. It doesn't make sense. When you watch it, it's you're only like, good because Robin Williams is Robin Williams. It's still very funny. Hey, you know what we should talk about though? Is this it's movie. still very funny. Well, you want to hear what some people thought about um, Blue Streak? Sure, sure. Rather than us talking about Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> so um, the first person, Clifton Rachel, says, "This is my favorite film." 
Ever? Wow. Mm -hmm. It's so funny and has a great sense of humor along with a great storyline. It is action-packed and maintains interest throughout the whole film. It includes great scenes and a lot of action. All I can say is that I advise you to watch it because since I came across it, I've been watching it again and again and again and never got bored. It's really clever, and some people may argue that this may be slightly over the top, but people should expect slightly that. Slightly over the top? <laughs> no. But people should expect that in movies, especially if they want to be entertained. This film definitely keeps people entertained. It is great to watch with family or friends and is suitable for people of any age to watch. Martin Lawrence is a legend. Okay, so I was very curious. This is a 10 out of 10. And I clicked on this guy to see what else he's reviewed. Uh Nothing. (laughs) He made an account. Just, just to, to review this. To talk about this how is the only review he's movie. ever written. Or he was going to review a bunch of movies and then didn't. Well, this probably was that's a lot of it. June eleventh, two thousand and four. I mean, whatever. Maybe he died tragically the next day. Jesus. <laughs> but this is the only <laughs> review he's on ever done. Got to watch Blue Street before he checked out. I yeah, know. All right. Um, oh. Oh, my. He's, he's like brave heart. Didn't <laughs> 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 get to finish. Okay. So then, in contrast. Tiger we underscore got six Mark. Years in freedom before we die. <laughs> Tiger Mark says simplistic, moronic, and what and what word best describes this inane piece of garbage? Gee, I knew the LAPD had troubles, but are you telling me that every freaking officer in this is this dumb? Man, I do like Martin Lawrence, but the collective IQ of the writers of this film must as must be as high as the same group that crapped out Black Knight. This movie is not just dumb. It transcends dumb and takes us to a new level of dumb. For those that do not know the story, here it is. Martin needs to get a diamond. He hid in a police station, so he just walks in and pretends to be a cop. He does not act, talk, or do anything like a cop. Yet for some reason, there is no doubt that he is one. You know what? Who cares? Zero out of shit. They gave him a promotion. Now, I also, since I looked at that other guy's reviews, I looked at this guy's reviews. He's really polarizing. But I'm not sure he can be trusted because he gave Ocean's Eleven a 1 out of 10. Ouch. Fuck that guy. Wow. <laughs> His reviews, I went through it. I was like, wow, he's really up and down That's and a, all over the place. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met anyone that didn't at least like Ocean's Eleven, if not higher than that. <laughs> That's like a regular movie that comes up. I read his Ocean's Eleven review. It was really a 3 out of 10, so he should have just... I don't think he's accurately rating things, but he only rated things 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, or 1 out of 10. No, there was no in between. A lot of people do that. Well, this movie's fucking trash. Only giving it three stars. What? Well, if I'm lukewarm about a movie, I'm definitely not going to take time to go write a review about it. It's the best movie I've ever seen. Four stars. All right. So, Blue Streak had a budget of $65 million. Really? And it grossed $68 million in the U.S. and $117 million worldwide. So, it did not do well. I guess car crashes oh. cost a lot. It has a 36% to monitor. Let's put it on that diamond. With a 64% <laughs> audience million. score, that's a big difference. Yeah. And it has a 46 Metacritic with a 6.3 out of yeah, 10. 36 is kind of low. Yep. The critics hated it, but apparently audience found it fun. This was directed by Les Mayfield, who also directed the Miracle on 34th Street remake. Which of- one? The one with the little girl that played Matil- that was in Doubt- Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> All comes back. Um, Flubber. <laughs> Flubber. Encino Man. Oh, oh the Lord. Lord. And American Outlaws, which Tiger Mark also gave a 1 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> it was, there were three writers credited as this. So there's two guys, Michael Berry and John Blumethal. 
uh, who only ever wrote one other script, and it was called Short Time, and they wrote it together. Mm-hmm. And then the third writer, who obviously got this guy's script, these two guys' script and did a treatment on it, is Stephen Carpenter, and he was the creator of the TV show Grimm. Hmm. He also wrote okay. some horror movies, one called The Kindred, or Kindred, okay. and one called The Power, which okay. seemed kind of interesting, and I... <laughs> so he... He tends really to do thought, a lot of horror movies I and really horror-related things. I really thought this was a remake, but it, apparently it wasn't. Because this has the vibe of, like, yeah. you know, a 30s movie or something that yeah. somebody remade. But mm-hmm. no, it's, it's a new script, so. I would like them do do this as a remake, but set it in 1942. It'd probably be a great movie. Oh, yeah. Probably. This right. movie? So, again. It's a, cool, it's a cool idea. It's a cool premise. Yeah, well, I'll tell you about it later. But I okay. do think setting well, I, I it back in thoughts. time like, would have been would be better. That. Where they can't do background checks as thoroughly. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, because we're like, yeah. I mean, I know it was nineteen ninety nine, but we're like, like they have computers <laughs> in the room. You would have There's, to have somebody in. I had to get a background check to work at McDonald's in like nineteen ninety eight or. You mean to tell me that, <laughs> that nobody would have <laughs> called another precinct like, hey, tell me about this guy Malone? They'd yeah. be like, who? They're <laughs> so incompetent. But not. But nobody says that they're incompetent. Like it just seems like he's just completely accepted whatever he does. And they're just going to accept it. And Martin Lawrence doesn't. But he's not. He doesn't even out point out how incompetent yeah. they are. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> but all right. So Martin Lawrence. I'm a better Riley. Styles as and he's Ma- like, sure. Styles. Martin Lawrence stars as Miles Logan, slash. Detective Logan. Logan, that's a good name. To be Slash fair, that Pete one dude the wants to sleep with Martin Lawrence. I don't know what his problem is, but that older... Uh, the guy who kept going, Rizzo? he knows what he's doing. Yeah, that guy, he's got some <laughs> Hardcastle or Rizzo? The lieutenant or the other detective? The lieutenant. The lieutenant. Mm. He's got Rizzo. some feelings for Martin, man. He's right. then, weird. We also, Those lieutenants are kind of weird. <laughs> well, that's true. We also have uh, Luke Wilson starring as Carlson. Welcome back to the podcast from Playing It Cool, The Family Stone, Charlie's Angels, uh, in Scream 2, also oh, yeah. in Legally Blonde. He's in Stab. Old School, and uh, Zombieland 2. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. We haven't he was Zombieland Albuquerque. Too, but I don't think we did Zombieland. No, but no. we didn't do Legally Blonde or Old School either, but I was just... He's She's really... Mentioning them. I kind of want to do My birthday Blonde, pick is coming. Because that movie apparently really holds up. What is Word on the street. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Does it qualify? I have no idea. I don't oh, think, I don't think I mean, so. I can do it in September if you no, want. I, think I don't. I've seen that movie. I own that. Movie. They made like four. Co- I mean, four sequels. That. I now. have no idea. I haven't checked it at, at all. It but now. I kind of want to talk about it because I've it heard made a lot of money. That does not mean it doesn't I've qualify. I've heard it holds up. Yeah, people <laughs> sure. might not like it. Um, people being me and Tony, or <laughs> not by Ron. Uh, then we have. Uh, Peter Green as Deacon. Welcome back to the podcast from Judgment Night. Also, uh, Dorian and the Mask and um, Zed in Pulp Fiction. And he recently Who's Zed? <gasps> 59. 59. Sweet. 59. Coming to a podcast near you. <laughs> All right, then we have Dave Chappelle as Tully. Now, Dave Chappelle can actually act. I loved him in um, You've Got Mail. He was great in You've really? Got Mail. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the podcast from Con Air. Oh, yeah. He was actually great in Robin Hood Men in Tights as well, and A Star is Born. All movies where he was actually acting yeah, was and just... not just playing Dave Chappelle. 
Uh, yeah, well, yeah, this I think was like can... a Chappelle show character that he was, yeah. he well, was doing here. He's good now. I think I he was it. acting like he's probably more like the guy from A Star Wars Born when you watch his stuff. He's really kind of a mild-mannered cool dude. I know. I wish that... A little crazy. <laughs> I wish he had... Now, I know he's not really interested in it, but I wish he had done more actual acting because in the roles where he's actually acting, he does pretty good, but he's not really an actor. He's just a comedian. He makes more so, than a comedian. Yeah, but I kind of I enjoy him when I when he shows up in things. All right, then we have I'm um, in Hollywood's um, good regard right now. Graham Beckel as Lieutenant Rizzle. Rizzo, Rizzo, sorry. Rizzo. All right, he's the other. Uh, he X. was in the movie Fallen. And then uh, we have Robert Miranda, who plays Glenn Fittich. That's one of the other cops. He is welcome back from Eraser and My Blue Heaven. Then we have John Hawks, nice for a mo. who plays Eddie. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that dies in the opening sequence. Spoilers. And he was in From Dusk Till Dawn. He also, this guy, I think, is going to come back. Because I was looking at his... You're going to see a large recreation. I was looking at his... familiar to me, but <laughs> I didn't just watch that movie again. He was also in... But he was also in Rush Hour, The Perfect Storm, Congo, and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Who's this guy? John Hawks. Okay. Plays the character he of He did look familiar to me, but Tony watched From Dust Till Dawn very recently. He was, he was this clerk in From Dust Till Dawn from the opening robbery. Oh, yeah. That's who he was. <laughs> and then we have William Forsythe as Detective Hardcastle. Welcome back from The Rock and future episode, Dick Tracy. And that guy from who had who had stolen his own rims, he was the sleeper. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't like that movie. No, I hate that movie, and I hope you never pick none of the. Podcast. I like that movie because child molesters get shot a lot. I don't care. I don't <laughs> want to watch it. It's very like, triggering oh, for me. Yeah. Bad things happen to little kids, and, and I know. those people get that shit kicked out of them. It's great. <laughs> it, the juice ain't worth the squeeze on that. <laughs> because you have to get through all the horrible things that happen to children. I'm sorry. That expression is great. <laughs> I've never heard it before. I gotta let you out of that cave once in a while. The whole world out there. Welcome to the world. Oh man. (laughs) You never heard the juice ain't worth the squeeze? Well, I grew up in a house where eight was a bad word, so (laughs) it's not something that we were saying. John says it a lot. Do you say worth the squeeze? Yeah, what is that from something or is it just a common colloquialism? Everything. Well, sometimes you th- say things that are from a specific reference that I don't recognize, and that's why I asked. And some things are just common colloquialisms that Carly is just immune to because she doesn't do anything or go anywhere or see anything. <laughs> she was raised by an English teacher who hates the word ain't. <laughs> ain't ain't a word. It is too. I mean, it is now, I think. You ain't supposed but to say it, it and I ain't going to let you. <laughs> Well, I've learned as I got older that language is fluid. Yeah. Right. All right, so are we ready? That's why literally... Have we wasted enough time? People I think so. Stupid. To put us over three hours? I will say that when I mentioned... This is going to be a quick episode. This, I only have six pages Amanda of notes. Amanda was excited. Apparently oh, she very much good. enjoys this movie. Oh, yeah? Did she she give, could remember a lot about it. Did she give you her no. thoughts and... <laughs> no? Well, that sucks. Well, I can't wait to hear what the We Hate Movies guys think about this like in two weeks. Yeah, know, right? they keep mm-hmm. fucking doing our stuff, man. Well, secretly, maybe one of them. Just the Ninja Turtles. Oh, did they? Yeah. 
Yeah, Tony was leaving for work this morning, and he goes, do you hear this? Because I was out front with the dog. And I'm like, no. And I came over to the car, and, and it was the opening where they were like, this week, teenage. My question is, I kind of want to listen to that now. My question is, do they ha- go, are there tangents like our tangents, or do they go on different tangents? Because like, if they're copying our tangents, no. then they are listening. No, they're not, they're not listening. <laughs> I like you don't know the, that. I like we could be Eric Siska's secret. I like them for the most part, but they get a little too political on yes, stuff. Yes, they do. That's and why that I stopped listening. listening to it's really all Trump's fault. No, no, well, it's, it's, not. it's not even that. It's they go on like all kinds of shit about, about all kinds of people, and it's just like shut up. It's the same problem that anybody that actually works in the entertainment uh, industry industry has. The Public, the public profile of people who work in the entertainment industry has shifted so much, and they have to support certain things, or they get completely written off, yeah. and they have to spout certain ideals, or they get canceled, and they won't get any work. Like this is an actual thing. Yeah, Stephen that, Bell's done. He said the strike is stupid. Yeah, like, oh, well, and he's done. Well, that's he's a, not he's, what he said. Here's uh, the thing about the strike. I'm paraphrasing, though, but I know. But people like want to give each other all these awards for doing it. You you have to do it. It's not like you're. I'm yeah, gonna I'm gonna go on union. strike. No, you have to. And like it's not a choice. Maybe you don't have strike, to walk around with the signs or whatever, but <laughs> you have to strike. It's not a you're not allowed to not strike if you want to be in SAG or whatever, whichever one. Which you're and if you don't want to strike, then you aren't in SAG. And then uh, you're not gonna work unless you do little weird independent films. But that's why Steven Spielberg. Uh, shit, what was it? Steven Spielberg wasn't affiliated with Star Wars or something because Lucas isn't wasn't a part of DAG or whatever it's called. Mm. So he couldn't, because otherwise he would have been all in that. All up but in that. It's, but Lucas was like, no, I'm not doing that shit. At least at first. It, they have to spout certain ideals. And you can't, it's movie. hard to say if those people even really believe the bullshit that they're slinging. Because a lot of them, like the smaller ones that will lose work if they get canceled. Legit. This is their livelihood. Um, they have to spout these ideals. And then you got super rich who do things like Stephen Amell who just say things, which that's not exactly what he meant, but he's probably ruined his career, but he's probably fucking fine. Oh, like money-wise? Yeah. Probably doesn't need to work. Maybe he doesn't fucking care, and that's why he went to Comic-Con. Are you watching or going to watch Heels? I watched the first season because I had a free preview of Stars. Was it good? No. Oh. I saw some commercials for it. I was like, this kind of looks cool. It's shit. The commercials make it look good. And then you watch them like, this is fucking terrible. Uh, okay. But did you like The Bear? You were watching that oh, last yeah. night. Oh, yeah. I was watching The Bear last night. What was that? It's a show about chefs, a restaurant. So oh. it's a guy who's like a Michelin you know, level chef who thinking, goes to work for like a sandwich shop. I was thinking of cocaine in Chicago. Bear. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, I know. I'm it's like, real weird. Everybody kept telling me I need to watch it. It's amazing. It's supposed to be amazing. amazing. It's amazing. Is it so good? I watched the first two, ep- three episodes, something like that. I don't remember. He was watching it last night when I came to bed. I'm like, sorry. Eh. No, like, it's one of those it. things. It's like, hey, can we have a scene where there's not a fucking problem? No. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's talk about something. Someone stole my onions. That was a thing. Please, if I have onions, someone steal them. <laughs> I hate onions. But we've had this conversation before. So I don't you want... You guys don't want that onion tomato salad I made? No. Oh, no. I don't want to smell them. I don't want them in my refrigerator because oh. every time you open it, ugh, onions. <laughs> and tomatoes. Stink. I love tomatoes, but not onions. John made cheesesteaks last night, and I said it needed more onions. Ooh. Virginia cheesesteaks. You can have all the onions. 
Um, I only like them if they're cooked, though. They're raw, they're not as good. I'll still eat them on a burger, but they're not as good. All right, so let's talk about a scene where there is not a problem. Oh, wait, lies. So we open... <laughs> our movie opens with... With a heist. With a heist. We got you're like, to, um, I'm listening. Miles, Deacon, and Eddie are on top of a roof, and they are breaking in, and Tully is downstairs in a car. He is their getaway driver. A and very he inconspicuous is car. Fucking chains smoking. Yeah, right? Yeah. Dominic Toretto. <laughs> Dominic Toretto. Come on, man. I was like, really, dude? You're just sitting in this fucking decked out charger? So, Miles, who's Martin Lawrence, is apparently the head of this ragtag crew of thieves, or maybe not so ragtag, because they're breaking into a high, a high end. I couldn't the see. The diamond is worth $17 million. I think that's what they're getting, so it's probably I, worth $45 million. I couldn't <laughs> see what the name was on the doors. I tried twice and then I gave up. But it's gem something, so it doesn't. It looks like maybe like someplace where they cut gems, not like a jewelry store. This is not a low end um, heist. This is a high end heist. Mm-hmm. It looks like, like Danny Ocean. Some kind of gem area. lab, yeah. as All opposed to the diamonds fancy equipment. Mis- yeah, <laughs> the size of a plum. So it's like some serious. Shit. At first, I thought it was a museum. They were breaking That's into because of the painting. <laughs> but they, it's obviously, they go into a specific business, so it's yeah. got to be some kind of fancy high rise. Mm. But anyways. Um, Miles and Eddie go inside, Deacon stays on the roof, and Tully is downstairs. So, Miles and Eddie break into the vault, and then before, like, Miles gets the vault unlocked, like, three quarters of the way, and then he sends Eddie back upstairs. Why wouldn't you stay until the end? And why do we only take one diamond? These are questions I have. Then Miles goes, so Eddie comes out first, and then Deacon says, where's Miles? And Eddie says, he's right behind me with the rock. So then Deacon pulls a gun on Eddie, and Eddie's like, hey, man, what are you doing? You don't have to do this. And Deacon's like, yeah, I'm greedy. He's like, I'm here to kill the bus. 17, I, <laughs> I'm not good with 17 million split four ways. I'm too greedy You're going to kill the arsenal. I'm supposed to kill the So guy. then he shoots Eddie, and Eddie falls off the roof. Now, much like... Tony, some local police on a patrol found the Dominic, Dominic Toretto mobile suspicious. So they had pulled well, in behind it. Of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> so they had pulled in behind it. And when Eddie falls off the roof, he lands on top of the patrol car. And the now, officer says, shit. He actually says shit. And Tully shit. says shit. And, and Tully away. says shit and drives <laughs> off. And says, He's not staying thing. around for this. You're going to bust Dixie. Miles, inside, hears none of this. Welcome back to people landing on cars. Gets the diamond, exits the building, comes up, and then Deacon helps him out of the air shaft and is like, where's the diamond? And he's like, where's Eddie? And then Deacon pulls a gun and is like, give me the fucking diamond. And at this point, we can hear cop cars and all this stuff. We know that there has been an alert. So, um... Deacon tries to steal the diamond and escape via a cleverly set up zip line. Just, hey, if you're going to leave, that's a good way to go. But when he gets to the bottom of the zip line and checks the diamond, he sees that Miles has tricked him and has not actually given him the, mom, the, old the diamond. switcheroo. So then Miles also goes to take that same zip line down, which I don't think I would do. I think I would try to hide inside the building instead. <laughs> yeah, they're going to check the building, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but... The end of the zip line is the guy with the gun. <laughs> I might try to hide inside a building. I'm a master criminal. <laughs> master. Although he doesn't have his backup team, Deacon was in charge of making sure that the surveillance footage did not show that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Another good point. Another good point. 
But so Miles tries to escape via the zip line, but his thing jams. And then he's hanging out there halfway across the street and Deacon pulls the gun on him and goes to shoot him. So Miles cuts the cable, which seems like it would be a lot harder than... We well, got a tool for that. Well, that he was had the same a tool, tool for he that. used to cut into the safe. I so that's the kind of thing that would make pretty quick work of that. I guess. It just seems like it would be harder than it looked. And he probably, then... Probably, ironically, a diamond-studded uh, saw. Yes. <laughs> diamond some kind cut. of laser cutter. Mm. It wasn't a laser. It was a saw blade. Some kind of saw. Yeah, I know. And Tony's so, probably right with the diamond tip. because it's So then the he swings <laughs> down and crashes into the side of the building that they were ziplining to. This building is under construction. So then he um, hides in some air ducts and stashes the diamond. I love these movies, the air ducts are always person-sized. Yeah. I really thought, I was like, dude, I know there's going to be fucking wet concrete. And he's going to push it into the concrete and then smooth it over and it's going to harden and he's going to have to go. No, they hide in a fucking diehard uh, fucking <laughs> earth man. I was like, come on, man. How would he get it out of the concrete later? Smash it. <laughs> it's for fucking $70 building? million. Dollars. It's a concrete. But in a built, like you can and be you a little circum, you could be a little more, I can't say that word. Um, circumspect. Uh, circumspect about looking through an air duct later on than you can about getting something out of concrete. Yeah, whatever. You get a hammer and you break into there. No, you don't have to worry about breaking million? the diamond. <laughs> and I smash it with a hammer. Because you're not breaking he the diamond with a hammer. duct tape it. So he doesn't just, like, leave it yeah. there. Yeah, no, he duct tapes it. It's in a place. case and it's duct taped to the side of the metal duct. So then, so Deacon gives up and runs away so he doesn't get caught. And Miles... And gets away. And gets away. And then Miles climbs out of the air duct, which I think I might have stayed in there. Are the police going to check the air duct? Probably. They might have know. thermals. They might have dogs. Well, they definitely have they dogs because when he gets out of the air duct, yeah. he comes face to face with the dog well, who like then dogs? alerts. I think the first rodeo. The dog and seems honestly, to be unattended as well, which is weird. If and they had looked for him sure that's not in right. the air duct, then yeah, they, they would have go. found the diamond. That's true. So he needed to get away from the diamond so they didn't find it. Because really, they have him for breaking and entry, but they don't have any stuff. Like, they can't um, find the diamond. It's well, missing. They're, they're going to assume that he stole it when he, they, they can't are. find it. When oh. it's gone. Either way he's being held. He, he doesn't have it. <laughs> he gets arrested. And as they're walking. They're 100% going to charge him with that missing diamond, whether he's got it or not. And as they are handcuffing him, he sees conveniently on the wall that these air ducts are labeled third floor right wing. Because, you know, you always and label then, that on the construction site. As they're walking him out to the patrol car, he, he sees Eddie's corpse on top of the... Car. Police car, which he's very sad about, but he also, the camera and him pay special attention to the street sign. Now, if I was planning a high end jewel heist, I think and I know my what street es- it was on, <laughs> and my escape route was on top of a building that was under construction. I would already know where it was located. <laughs> yeah, that would have been my escape. Now, route. I guess that was for us. <laughs> no, for him. yes, the the air no, duct yes. thing. Yes, I get, but no, maybe. no, yeah, possibly. That means yes. <laughs> Yeah, no. Means no. This is a Midwestern language. What about yeah, maybe? That or also no. means no. Or no, maybe. Yeah, maybe means no. Yes, sir, that's my baby. Carly no, knows sir, what I'm talking maybe. about. Yeah. She was raised with people who were born in Ohio. Audra got it. <laughs> Anyways, so Miles then is incarcerated for two years. And we see right? him. You think? Does it? Sure. I thought it would be more like five and he just There's no he way gave he up would what's only his get... name and plea bargain down. All right. 
there's no way that he, he only got two years for a crime that involved a dead body. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to charge him with a dead body, too, because yes. he was there. That guy died. Yes. He, he's doing 20 years. They're definitely charging up. him with... There was a felony, even though they had no... They didn't recover the goods. They still have him breaking into the building, which assume I'm assuming is a felony burglary. And then they have the dead body. Well, so he's getting okay. five but to ten at I least. I have a question. Maybe he doesn't have a criminal history. I have, I don't know. No, because <laughs> later at the end they say he's a high end, he's a a well known felon and it would be a good collar for them. So he has to have some other kind of history. Okay. Are we to believe though that while the cops saw both of them go across the street, mm-hmm. they did not catch they didn't catch him. They didn't catch Deacon. Deacon. No, so he, he escaped. So he played Warden's... I want you to take... Well, I got this. And rolls on with Hold on. Name. I yeah. got this. But they never caught These Deacon. are the same cops who work at the station that he is dealing with later. Okay, that makes sense. That's true. Because <laughs> I'm like... And we're done. There were like 40 cops there. Yeah. Yes. These are the same cops who, who made him lead detective. Also, also, if we're in the middle of a heist, just general GP... And you look over the side, and it's Terminator 2. Don't go, hey, man, there's some heat out here. Go, dude, get the fuck. Let's run. He was, he was very nonplussed by 18 cop cars pulling up. Yeah. He was like, yeah, there's some stuff going on down there. Really? How about, holy shit, also, dude, all the cops are here. Why'd, How mean, many? All of them. <laughs> he was going to kill them all and take the diamond. Right. Yeah. Why not just go back to your safe house and, and kill, kill them, them all. there? Yeah. <laughs> because the movie has to happen. I know, yeah. I know. But it's still like... Of course you drew attention to your robbery. You you shot this guy off the yeah. building. <laughs> yeah, that's really dumb. Anyways, I will stop now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, what? All my coffee mugs went clearance. What? Uh, At work. All your coffee mugs went All clearance. Oh, my God. Okay, it looks terrible. Um, yeah. You got some work to do. <laughs> but, yeah, he only goes to jail for two years. And I wrote a miracle considering Eddie died. Yeah. But he gets released from prison. a really good lawyer. And the first thing he does is go see his girlfriend, Janice. Then again, it's also in California. Janice is like, Uh, dude, I didn't come see you or talk to you for two years. What the hell made you think that I was waiting for you? I just didn't want to see your man locked up. She's like, you're a liar. You told me and you were not, banker. and you're not are my not man. Gonna, are we not going to talk about how Martin Lawrence treats the cousin as soon as he, no. you? No, we're not going to talk about that. Do you want to go for it? No, we're good. <laughs> no, you go. You you seem to have a big problem with it, so I was just going to gloss over it as unimportant and night and well, stuff Martin Lawrence, that's not the hero funny of this anymore. Movie fat shames this poor woman. Yep, and that's about it. Because <laughs> it was 1999. It wasn't cool back in 1999. It wasn't as uncool. like you didn't lose your. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was if you never did, you were cool. Gonna get fired. Yeah, you're gonna get fired now. It was never cool to fat shame. But when we're talking but, about cool, I'd rather be dead and cool than alive and uncool. Dude, that sounds like that's from. But a it movie. wasn't as frowned it should upon. Be. It wasn't. It was acceptable in, to fat shame. Like. No, we were how many allowed so too. fat jokes that. did we say on the playground? We were raised fat shaming. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it was still funny to make bullying jokes in 1999. It's not funny now. Like you, you can't somebody's somebody's 
physical attributes or sexual orientation cannot be the butt. Well, that's not true. Can I talk? (laughs) Cannot be the butt of your joke now. It's not accepted. We don't, people are just like, that's not funny. Why, why you got to be, it's so lowbrow and so beneath everyone. Well, regardless of whether you actually think something is funny or not. But I feel like at this time period, we were not quite at. at There are certain attributes you're not allowed to make fun of anymore. That's one of them. You're still allowed to make fun of bald people. That's not a problem. You're still allowed to make fun of short people. That's fine. So people are real choosy about what they're allowed to make fun of and what they're allowed to get offended about. I will say, about. though, I, I once got chastised by my niece, who's 14, mm-hmm. because... Don't play that ladder golf against like, her. She's wicked good. She was like, oh, I know that kid. And I was like, which one, the skinny one or the fat one? And she was like, Carly, Auntie Carly. I said, Lucy, what? I'm fat. <laughs> Well, that's the problem. You hit him with the, I can say that. <laughs> you can't hit him with the, I'm what not What do you a, want me to say? They're both in blue shirts. <laughs> well, I don't, I guess the one on the right or the one on the left. I don't, I know. don't know. But it was Personally. just funny because she just like, like I had Auntie Carla called ben. them a bad word. <laughs> Facts don't care really about your feelings. I didn't think anything about it until she was so mortified. Tom McDonald's has a new song out. Have you heard it yet? No, I haven't watched it. American cool. Flags. Hey, Will, go ahead, put him on speaker. Oh, Lord. We are going to be here for three hours. <laughs> You're on the podcast again, Will. With your dog trash ass timing. Hello? We can't hear you. Did he butt dial you? He might have butt dialed me. Aww. Uh, Goodbye, Will's butt. And he's going to be sad. <laughs> Especially when he could have given us his opinion on Blue Streak. And I bet he has one. I bet he does. I've been, you don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else we're going to call? <laughs> uh, I'm glad he interrupted our political Let's conversation before I said something that probably was going to get us canceled. Well, we tried oh. not to be political. <laughs> I just think we've swung the other way. Where we've gone, at, like, we've gone too far. Like, you can't say anything. Whereas, like... You can still be descriptive. It's not hurt. It shouldn't be hurtful. <laughs> Anyways. Right. So, uh, he's very upset because Janice has broken up with him. And then Goodbye. Miles goes to where he left the diamond. Hey, he really cared about that girl because he had a $17 million diamond. He went and saw her first. I know. He's having a bad day. Maybe she got bigger flavored nipples. Well, maybe he was just really horny. He was in prison for two years. Let me do be facts. I mean... If you hadn't had sex in two years, uh-huh. what would be more important? Getting a little strange or $17 million? The diamond, because you know what you do with $17 million? Two chicks at the same time. Oh, Lord. Kind of oh. <laughs> girls double up on a dude like me? Yeah, that'd be uh, Gross. It's from office space. Gross. Never mind. Oh, man. Tony and I were a little confused, and I know that this is just thinking too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gets out of jail uh-huh. or prison or whatever. Yeah. And he gets in a cab. Tony goes, he's got money? And then he goes to his girlfriend's house. He's changed his clothes. He's dressed nice. He's got the flowers. Yeah. And I'm like, most people, when they get out of prison, don't have it like this. <laughs> he was a high-end jewel How much thief. money does he have? He's probably got a... He's, I'm sure he's got a couple million. Like, you don't start out Tony's stealing like, a $17 million dollar diamond. he had yeah. his wallet on him when he got arrested? No, but I'm, I'm <laughs> no, sure he has a but, bank account or some kind of stash or something. But I'm sure Uncle Lou or some one of his other henchmen yeah. brought him things or arranged for a cab. He's sure... This is not going to be an hour. He's, he's a high-end thief. He's got money stashed. Okay, can we move on? <laughs> 
And maybe they just didn't put in the shopping trip scene. Yeah. So the first place he went was to a money stash. And yes. the second place was to the store to get some clothes. To buy that jacket, <laughs> well, which he wears the entire time. Do you because remember the leather movie, the losers? blazers. Not the losers. Um, did, we, did we do that movie with uh, which movie? Takers? Yes. Yeah. We do Takers? Yes. Remember when T.I. gets out of prison, the first place he goes is his little thing and he gets a bunch of cash and a gun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to his. That's what he did. Okay. Well, he had to get that jacket because the leather blazer was a thing. Oh, man, that was John a thing. had Although that same fucking, fucking jacket. I did not have that same jacket. Yes, Although you did. they would watch him. That, half, that big, baggy, half blazer, half trench coat leather jacket, you so did. Uh, mine was not that color. <laughs> although, although I do believe he would be under surveillance because they never found the diamond. Yeah, uh, So 100%. they would be watching the fuck out of him and maybe to see if he hooks up with yeah, the they, mask. Yeah, they never caught Deacon. And they never found the diamond. So and they, they never found the watched diamond. for a while. Because it's not like a little diamond. No, it's kind <laughs> of a big deal. Let's and be real. He also got out. the police, out. but the insurance people are yeah. 100% sending people to follow oh, yes. him. All right, first, and also, he's also probably on parole, which means he probably had to check into a halfway mm-hmm. house somewhere and live in some kind of specific place. Well, well he was in a police station, so he was pretty much watched. Oh, well, but they, all right. To so, be fair. <laughs> so he goes like, to Like, oh, he's in the police station. Oh, he should be fine. Yeah. He goes to where he left the diamond, and it's become a police, LAPD police person. And he stands in front of the police station, <coughs> swinging his arms and kicking and stopping people. Is that really a police station? That was a stupid scene. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of cops standing right in front of the police station. And, and this is what I was One like, of them is going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <sighs> he's going to ruin this drugs? movie what? with his Martin Lawrencing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> He goes inside. He he he's having a really bad day. First, Jenny's don't want him, and now he's got to break into a police but station. He, he goes inside. <laughs> but while he was in prison, all he thought about was how he was going to get this billion dollars from Janice, yes. and he's not nothing now. He goes inside of this police station, and I have been inside a cup more than one police precinct in our city. Did you get arrested? And there are never this many people no. in the fucking lobby. No, I've never been inside of one. There's Never. half the time there isn't this many people Why in the I? lobby of the courthouse. <laughs> would you like to? You just go out there and It was ridiculous. No, I'm good. <laughs> they just like to fill offices with lots of people running around. But he's things. he's looking around and he sees a delivery man get led up into behind the secured air door. And so the guy, the delivery the desk person is really nice to that delivery guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, let's see what you got here. And he's all friendly with him. So then so then Martin Lawrence decides that he is going to come in disguised as a delivery man. Why is he dancing? Because he's a crazy person. Because he's convinced he's, this idea is going to work and he's getting he's, that time. He's Martin Lawrence-ing this too much. Yes, he is. He's, you know what he's doing? Thanks for that. He's following... I have a way to describe it. He's following Rusty's advice from another great movie, Ocean's Eleven. You want to make him laugh, but you want to be memorable... But instantly forgettable. No, no. You, you 100% want to make him laugh, will talk about the guy funny. who delivered pizza and was doing splits in the lobby. That shit comes up. As a matter of fact, there's cameras. There's people. Come here, check this out. Look at this idiot. That's happening. He's not following Rusty's advice. He's going the other way. He's Martin Lawrencing the shit out of this scene. Honey, you know this is a movie. These are. I hate to break it to you, but these are not real cops, and what? this is not a real person. He's which, not a cop. Which, speaking of, I didn't know she was a cop. Speaking of the bear, <laughs> she's in that. Which who's in it? She, oh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't know she was a cop. Oh yeah, she's in that. She's the sister of the main character. Excellent. I was like, holy shit! I hope she's a cop. <laughs> she wasn't a cop. 
<laughs> I didn't know she was a cult. She's not Nat. Janine or something. Um, she wasn't blah blah or boats boats boats. Boats 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 is the best one. Um, whenever I can't remember somebody's name, they're always boats boats boats, and nobody at work ever. I go with blah blah. I just go with boats boats boats. Blah blah. And I was talking. They're talking to blah blah. And but he is Martin Lawrencing it up because this is a Martin Lawrence vehicle. I know. This is <laughs> and. He comes in. Watching the scenes amazing. He and he goes to the desk, you. Sergeant, and he's doing splits in the lobby. So that's why this guy is like, what the fuck with this dude? Yeah. It's kind of giving him a little toot because he's clearly a crazy person. Because he's dancing, flipping around pizzas. And I gotta deliver the pizza to the policeman. The impression I get, I don't know if this is real because I've never ordered from a place so often that I would know the delivery person. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it seems like some people know the people who regularly deliver yes. to them. So the first dude might have been the dude that delivers to them once well, a week. The Every dude, Wednesday they get placed. The first dude true. was a Chinese delivery place and they, the ones that I've ever seen, they tend to not have a lot of employees. And, no. less, and less delivery And this drivers. is a dude who they've never seen before. Pizza who places is like acting five, six, bananas. In a police station. <laughs> yeah. You know where you're supposed to act really good in the police station because they could just keep you. <laughs> you walk in there, you start acting. Right? Up, they'll just keep you. They'll just keep you. <laughs> it happened to me that's, once. That's not a. That's I went not into the police station. I was drunk, and they were like, "Hey, rights. come on back here. I want to show you something." And they're like, "Oh, what?" They're like, "Look at this room," and they shut the door behind. Damn. Woo. They give you matching bracelets. Is that no. is that how you became a jazz triangle player? No, they tricked not. you into it. No. <laughs> you get the jazz triangle because you have a passion for it. You love it. Mm. Okay. All right. So ding, ding, the desk start. The desk. What's that movie song? Or this, oh, it's Billy Ocean. I was like, there's John. There's this one Billy Ocean song. It's just a regular song. And it goes ding. Everyone's like ding. That's me. A little bell in it. Bam. No jazz triangle goes bam. It goes tink. <laughs> it's tink. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, stop trying to do aluminum cups. <laughs> that's glass, and this is metal, so this would be more like what it actually sounds like. But one of like. these tings and one of them doesn't. <laughs> I'm I got this for my birthday, too, from one of my coworkers. Hey, can we talk Ready? about that later? No. My coworker, <laughs> don't ever give me shit for my birthday. The desk cop won't let him up because he's not on the list, and he does not have any note from robbery homicide that they have ordered pizzas today which makes sense if you ordered food you would tell the desk sergeant so that he would yes. know that you're authorized to be there and actually but, one of your presents came in today <gasps> at our house yeah. <laughs> yay presents are fun <laughs> hope it's a picture where I have a really weird shape <laughs> he guessed it <laughs> no it's a picture where you look like oh. you but I look great <laughs> So a normal picture. It would have been funny. Is it if a Hawaiian shirt? We had done a set. <laughs> oh man, that would have been so awesome. Only not. John's in the I dress, apologize. and I'm in. The oh. <laughs> Next year. <This> is coming. <laughs> everybody loves that photo. I don't, I, I don't think everybody. Loves it. I think it's great. Ninety-nine point nine. I wrote him a bad. I look wonderful, and you look like you just had a. Horrible bout of dysentery. It's fine. Cholera. Okay, I have cholera. I know. That's why we're calling that particular piece Love like, the Time of Cholera. What's wrong with Dad's nose? And I'm like, I don't know. He's so pale. Vampire Dad. <laughs> Everybody loves it. I love it. It's honestly one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. I gave him a bad review. 
No, because, it's because so I good. talked to them seventeen times, and that's what I got. <laughs> I talked to them more than most of my friends. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> it was a lot. I talked to you seventeen times today. That's true. I know. And that was before you re- arrived at our house. Okay, so as the desk cop is being appropriate to this crazy delivery man, we see Carlson in the background being incompetent at using his new key card. It's like, and, hey, that's upside down, jackass. And he's like, oh, sorry. And you can new. see like, really? this poor desk cop, which... You know, he's obviously been a cop for a long time. Maybe he's on limited duty. He has to sit at this desk and put up with these shenanigans. He's probably a very good cop who's just, you know, maybe past his prime. Looking at this fucking Carlson tool bag, (laughs) who's now a detective that outranks him. They can't even use a key card. They can't even fucking (laughs) use a key card. And he's got desk duty? How annoyed is this guy? Poor, poor guy. Well, I don't know Miles goes over to Carlson and, and convinces him to take the pizzas up to the robbery homicide guy. I don't want to leave them here with Shamu. Yeah. Fat shame number two for Martin Lawrence. Okay. I will say, though, I guess there was actually pizza in those boxes. <laughs> Not anymore because I mean, he, he had was, them sideways at one point. I mean, you can't them. go in there without pizza. I was like, These Somebody are might empty. call your bluff and go. There's no pizza in here. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking... Yeah, no, I'm sure... I think they'll keep I'm sure there's yeah. not actual pizza in those boxes. No, there's gotta be. Just it's like gone. how there's not any coffee in those Starbucks cups. Oh, no, I mean... But, in, yes, in, I'm sure, the that, yeah. I'm sure yeah. that there was fictitious pizza in there. But he does this just so that he can swipe now. Carlson's key card, mm-hmm. which he does. And he has hatched a plan to go in as a new transfer. So he goes to Uncle Lou. He figured out he lost it. But yeah. they, he does then go out front and celebrate Martin Lawrencing it up. And I was like, maybe you should walk away from the cameras. Yeah, maybe you should be happy about stealing from a police officer. There's maybe no way. A mile away. He's invisible. Why don't you just pretend you're an HVAC he, guy? He's just go and work on the, the air conditioning. Okay, first of all, he's invisible. He's well, in an Austin Powers vol- bright blue velour jumpsuit i do like his jumpsuit and he is invisible it's perfect camouflage nobody sees him dancing they just can't his eyes go right past him this is urban camouflage of the highest percent what is the thing is it if you carry a ladder everybody just lets yeah. you go <laughs> not, not, not in the police station but anywhere you go if you want like they, they they did it on a youtube thing a guy went to see like 10 movies for free because he just walked in with a ladder. He had his friend and they both walked in with a ladder. He go, which way is the, the, oh, it's that way. And they just walk in and they put the ladder down and watch him. <laughs> they did it in a mall. They did it in all kinds of places. We should try that. I don't imagine it, it's not going to work in the, it's not going to work in this police station because you have to get your car key to get in anywhere. Yeah. So. I think in any police station that you didn't just walk in the back. Well, there should be some kind of access. So if they're trying to keep like you a maintenance, walk out. yeah, of course. But this one specifically because the it would are. only work in a big city though because in a small town they would know who all the hey, guys are. Is that too? Try that in a small town. Oh, hey, that's controversial. I don't think it is, but we'll go on. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. For real. All right. Well, they're just trying to distract us from the Hunter Biden trial with. Well, it's not a trial. They they made a deal, and the judge was like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> nice if, try. if we if we enact this, we're setting precedents. It means a lot of people are going to get away with very bad shit. I cannot let this go." And he kicked it back. Yeah. 
they're trying to distract us. That's why they told us aliens were real. Yeah. <laughs> and like, now well, all of a got... sudden there's a country song controversy. I really thought they'd have a natural, uh, you know, tragedy. Like something would explode or something like that. Which, okay. There's just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> just and back to the movie. <laughs> all right. So he's, so he goes to see Uncle Lou who forges paperwork for a living. Gives him Carlson's badge and asks him if he could change it to make it look like Miles and get the paperwork and so that he's going to go in with the badge and the paperwork as a new transfer. And Lou's... Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could get away with this. <laughs> for, for long enough to get in there. No. Like and get the done. If you have the right paperwork and they go whatever, he's in a transfer. But wouldn't you have to get a key card for that specific precinct? Yeah, I don't think they're universal. No, no. But I, but I'm just saying. It's, but Luke I'm just saying it's Luke one of those says, things where it's like he didn't expect to work there. He just thought he'd get in for five minutes and get the fuck he out. He said, right. I'm Maybe. only going to be in there. Desk. And Lou tells him, this is not going to check out. And he goes, I'm only going to be in there for a couple yeah. of hours. It just like blows he's... out of proportion. <laughs> into silliness. He but... knows he's going to be getting hit. Car chases. <laughs> yes. He also asks about Deacon. And he's told that Deacon is pulling jobs up north. But that he should be careful. Be... And Lou warns him to be careful because Deacon's going to find out that he's out. Instead of having him killed in jail because this is seventy million dollars we're talking about. Well, he doesn't know where the diamond is, so if he has well, to kill, he, he, it was a lot. Was it seventeen? Seventeen. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's, it's probably worth seventy. No, it's still seven. Mm-hmm. It's probably it's worth 70. seventy, but they'll get seventeen for yeah. it because it's a hot diamond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I nobody can move ice. Especially not that big. Some things are just. You have to I mean, it's harder to move than trackable. <laughs> it's probably easier than ink and matrimonial head masks. Well, there's boatloads of money in those if you can move. Which you can't. <laughs> All right, so he That's picks up the paperwork and he goes to the police station. It's all about paintings. Goes right in. He. Well, the dog is... barks and he's like, "Whoops!" <laughs> he says something. Watch it, officer dog or something. Yeah. And, and I like it because he's like, "Oh, sorry, sir." He said, "Must be the pastrami." And then calls the dog a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great scene. Okay. It's probably the best scene in the whole movie. No, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> it's, it's up there. It's better than that dancing scene with the pizza it's, delivery guy. It's not my favorite Thanks. scene. But he goes up to third floor, robbery, homicide. But somehow becomes burglary detective. Well, burglary is... Is a, hiring? No, apparently... Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can fix that. So the whole the division thing. is robbery, homicide. But burglary is a section in robbery, homicide. They have their own specific detectives that only work burglaries... Under the umbrella of robbery homicide. What? <laughs> robbery and homicide are not burglaries. Yeah, but it falls in that, in umbrella? under that umbrella in the fictitious LAPD that this <laughs> of in this other universe on Earth twenty seven sixteen. Because this is not our Earth. That's oh. the one where Doctor Strange died. Did you see Martin Lawrence dancing and no one noticing? This is not our Earth. This is the Earth that has no metahumans. <laughs> and no aliens. But we know our Earth has metahumans because aliens are real. So Superman's probably real too. <gasps> or hopefully it's Superman and not that uh, other guy. Oh, Bright Light. Bright Light? Yeah. Yeah. No. Bright, uh, Bright, Bright Burn. Bright Burn. Oh, Thank Bright you. Burn. 
Hopefully like, we got Superman, not Brightburn. Bright light, bright light. No, that's I'm not sure which Earth Those we're on, but I hope we're on one and not the other. All right, so up on the third floor, we see Carlson is speaking to a suspect who is complaining that his cuffs are too tight. And Miss Green is there, who is a public defender. Who just walks around the police station all goddamn day. And she <laughs> and the suspect convinces Miss Green to convince Carlson to loosen the handcuffs. She does that thing in movies where there's a pretty girl around and men become stupid because she touches his face and he takes these guys' handcuffs off. I like this actress because I think her eyes are very pretty. She's a very pretty lady. She's pretty, but well, she's pretty, but I, I like this care for her character. But no, <laughs> her character is terrible. Um, I kept thinking that there was going to be a romantic subplot at some point yeah. between either him and Miss Green or Janice was going to come back, but there was no romantic subplot no. at all. We got time. It's an it was hour really 30. interesting. <laughs> if it was two hours, we could do that. I think it is shocking that there is no romantic subplot. Nobody got time for that. I guess not. But so Carlson goes to loosen the handcuffs, which of course allows the suspect to escape. Now, Miles <laughs> has gone into the ladies' room so that he can access the air vents. And the criminal, the suspect tries to escape by running into the ladies' room, which is not where the exit is located. I'm not sure if you know this. Even if there's a window in there, you're you're on the third floor of a police precinct. You should be going (laughs) for the stairs. You're not getting out of the police precinct. Although I did watch watch a YouTube video where a dude did this and jumped. I think he jumped out of a six-story floor or something. I forget. It was was high enough that he broke both his legs and got fucked real bad when he fell. I heard a story about a guy who tried to run away out of a police window. Mm Mm-hmm. But it didn't break. <laughs> so you like seeing movies where a guy, you know, you run out the window and you jump out the window. Yeah. This guy thought that, ran out the window and bounced off. Ooh, I heard. Which seems more realistic. <laughs> I heard at, our, at the Norfolk jail, some dudes tried to get out the window. They climbed their, they did the bed sheets thing. And then before they got to the sixth floor, the bed sheets broke. And they <laughs> fell six floors. Mm. Yeah, it's like they it's should the probably. They didn't make it. On one hand, like they should probably stop putting that shit in movies because people are trying yeah. and stuff. On the other hand, I'm like, if you're dumb enough to try it, fuck I mean, yeah. these are these are government issued sheets. Well, <laughs> they're not I silk. The thread counting's been really high in these. <laughs> not very good. I mean, according to the man who eats a lot of yogurt, the key to winning a foot race is to do something the other person is not willing to do. Mm-hmm. So jumping out of a six-story window would be one of those things. But I'm not sure where this idiot thought he was going to escape through the really, ladies' room. You're not escaping, but now no. you're going to get extra charges because you attacked the officer and you tried to escape. <laughs> From the middle of a police department. The judge going to look at you and go, Again, really? the cops in this universe are pretty incompetent. I feel like... Good thing Martin Lawrence was there to kick the guy in the face. Yeah. I feel like yeah. in the one where Jet Li is going around killing other versions of himself, mm-hmm. this one was the first to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. All right. So, um, Miles then foils this guy's escape attempt. And the other detectives gather around and Miles spins some bullshit about how he caught this guy trying to escape into the air ducts in the ladies' room. Which they don't really think... Mm. There's no air ducts in the ladies' room? I, hope, I mean, who knows? There is. But there are. At least where I work, there are. There are but he ventilation ducts in every bathroom. Well, they're this big. Thankfully. <laughs> Actually, the ones that are, are pretty big. Usually they're in the ceiling. At least not. the opening. Right. There. <laughs> well, he then tells them that he's a new transfer just here, and Rizzo takes his paperwork. 
and assigns him, looks at it, and assigns him to burglary, working with Carlson. He just got promoted, and he's pretty incompetent. (laughs) And what's really funny is incompetent by their standards is really (laughs) incompetent. And uh, so they get a call, and he sends Miles and, well, at this point, he's Detective Malone. But I call him Miles this whole time. That's fine. Uh, So... Rizzo, Lieutenant Rizzo tells Carlson to take Miles with him out on a call, to show him around and take him out on a call, because they just got a call. And, uh, but Carlson should let Malone do all the handcuffing, which is a dig about how we just let this guy go, yeah. which I feel like they probably wouldn't send Carlson right back out after he let a suspect escape custody in the police. I know, he, it, it feels like he should be like the mayor's son or something like he should be somebody that they're taking care of because his dad's important or something instead of just him being this absolute imbecile that they that tolerate should, i guess you know he should be somebody's son or something that would make make it smooth it out a little bit i mean he actually appears to be a decent cop i guess he was a good he, traffic cop apparently he figures out who miles is i mean yeah he does <laughs> he's just very green but uh green is goose shit so Carlson shows him around the office and then takes him on the call. And Miles is like, "But I thought you ever I would hear that stay one here." And he's like, "No, no, Bring we're burglary. That no, okay. That's us. We're going." So Miles kind of freaks out because his paperwork is fake and it's not going to hold up, and he doesn't have time to search. And he doesn't want. He wants to stay here and find the diamond. He does not want to go out on the call. And in the car, he finds out that Carlson is a drives like an old lady. And uh, they're kind of, they have one of those kind of odd couple dynamics where so Carlson is like a... We know about each other. He's like, nah. Miles is like the jaded, sarcastic guy, and Carlson is like the eager puppy. Mm-hmm. So they just have that kind of dynamic. He says, God hates me, that's why. And then Carlson says, hate him back, works for him. No, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It's over, you know. The war. Right. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and they go, to remind you. What's he doing with all that fucking eggnog? That's <laughs> what happens at funerals. I'm sorry. That never Warm occurred eggnog to, is a funeral That never staple. occurred to, I've seen that movie so many times, and it never occurred to me between that last watching right. about the eggnog, and now it's the only thing I can think of. It is the, mo- it is one the of most the unanswered question Listen, it's of important. all unanswered Shh. questions. If, you think this is ludicrous? Warm eggnog. If one of the three of you outlive me, you need to make sure we have I'm that not, much eggnog nope. at all my eggnog. What if, what if it's You're the like, youngest. You need to pay we'll just. <laughs> I don't care. Here's what we're going to do. All right, so. Carl, you're going to outlive the rest of us. It was you summer, it was summer California. It was warm. John's going to be cremated. No, and I then mean, I'm, where do you get eggnog in June? Oh, I don't that is my ever. question. It's a logistics problem. You have to start buying it now. <laughs> We'd have to contact a dairy. And we might have to make it Oh my from God. scratch. Well, we have to hold off on the funeral until Christmas. Well. He's gonna be my cremated. last request, damn it! He's gonna be cremated, so we could just—I could just hold his ashes till Nog comes we'll into. A, we'll have a celebration of life at Christmas, his favorite Wait, time look, of year. It'll be very exciting because as soon as Nog comes in, we're buying all we'll of know it. Know that it's done, and then we'll bury him in the yard, and we'll just pour Nog over his ashes and plant a tree. Because that's what you want—noggy ashes. <laughs> Make a paste. And they take the paste. And make a pair of pants. And make, pants. And make some pants. Oh, man. Okay. I want to be your paste uh, pants. Ew. That's a weird... 
I'm upset by that sentence. That's the upset. That's the part. Not the. I'm also upset about the ashes. The husband's ashes. Husband's ashes. You said husband. I did not say husband. Although technically, (laughs) you are dead and burned. (laughs) But that's not what I said. The best part is only John has been drinking, but this episode is hilarious. This episode is bananas. I like how I'm dying first. The three of you are planning out the nog. I'm not having the nog. It's gross. That I was it's my funeral. <laughs> you'll be dead. You'll never know. Tony, make sure there's nog on my funeral. Oh, there'll be all the nog. All the nog. All the nog. <laughs> and don't mention it. Just have it there. <laughs> and have a little charge rig so when I hold it, it'll and start spraying. Everybody like, oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't get sniped by Mr. Joshua. <laughs> All right, so they're Sorry at the tire the store. The and the owner is filing a report for stolen rims. But Miles knows that Frank, the owner, is a lying sack of shit because his words. story makes dog. no sense. And if Miles were stealing the... And he explains to Carlson that if Miles was the one stealing these rims, he would have come in not through the broken window, but through the roof hatch. He would have disabled the alarm, taking all the time in the world because the rims are fucking heavy. And there's no way that four or five guys are going to get all of the rims out and into a truck in the amount of time to make it lucrative because they're only worth about $2,000 down the street and there'd have to be five of them. This is not worth it for them. And they'd have to rent a truck and you'd need a driver's license. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. Yes, yes. (laughs) And Miles spots a truck that's sitting across the the parking lot that belongs to the owner of the tire place. And he goes and breaks in and Carlson is like, you can't do that. We don't have a warrant. This is unlawful entry. And uh, Miles does it anyway and finds all the rims. So then Carlson immediately goes, we're going to have to write you up. I don't think you're going to be able to get a conviction. You can't because that all that evidence is inadmissible. Inadmissible, but... But they can tell us, dude, don't file fraudulent claims. (laughs) But Miles is like, no, no, I'll take care of this. He says, I'm going to threaten to beat him up. He takes and he goes and he threatens... Frank. He says, you see the ridges? See the ridges on the bottom of my shoe? They're going to be upside your head. Uh-huh. So he threatens Frank. I see what And Carlson is like, I don't understand what, you know, at first. And then he's like, oh, wait, I do. We let the little fish go so that we can catch the big fish later. Because Miles is like, he owes us one now. Which, again, you would think that this would come back in the form of a hot tip about perhaps LaFleur's drug thing. But no. Um, so well, then, it's going to be in Blue Streak 2. Electric Well, they did. There was a sequel planned. Really? But, yes. (laughs) But it never materialized. It was in the trivia. The trivia on this is terrible. Yeah. There's, like, seven things. None of them are interesting. Most of them are, like, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. We're in a movie together. It's not trivia. The big trivia is that they... police building was a library and they spent all this money and all these months building a police station front on the front of it that was the big trivia piece wow okay as luke's brother would say wow wow. all right so now wow as they leave the tire place miles says i would like to drive and now we have a ridiculous driving scene. Who drives like oh this? Oh my god. Tony, it's like Tony in a video game. But I'm sitting <laughs> next to him like, that car's not going to drive anymore, Tony. <laughs> well, it was it'd be one thing if he was going somewhere. But they're not like there's not like a bank robbery in progress or something. They're just going to a stupid car. It does burglary. give us this great dialogue <laughs> exchange. Something. Uh-huh. When's the last time you got all up on this thing? And Carlson replies, I never got all up on anything, sir. <laughs> 
which is a great line and made me laugh. But Miles has become drunk with power at this point. He, they get stuck behind somebody's broke-ass car. He says LAPD will put one in your ass. Yeah, he does. Meanwhile, we got Carlson guns just keeps shit. looking at him like, oh shit, this dude is going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> but Never they come him. across... He's crazy. But it's he's drunk with power. They come across a traffic accident, and Carlson makes him stop, which it's kind of like there's no way he he would just keep going. He got his start in traffic, in traffic coming. But, <laughs> but Miles is like, he no, no, he can help. I got a headache. We need to go back to the station. And Carlson is like, it's an accident. We're cops. We help people. So he gets out of the car, and Miles is like, decides. You got it. Walks away. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna go in this bodega and get some aspirin or something. Because he might have le- a legitimate headache. I, I, I mean, I after really that thought driving. it was a story, but then he went in there for aspirin. <laughs> well, then he watched uh, Die Hard 3 and was like, oh, cops need aspirin. So as Carlson is talking to these people He's about the accident, habits. which I could see Carlson being a very good traffic cop. <laughs> He's going to direct traffic. He's going to get everybody's story. <laughs> so do you remember, Carly won't because she didn't see this movie. Remember when we were watching SWAT? And they were going to interview all the cops, and they go interview the cop that has never had any complaints, and yeah. they get the hot dog, and he gets the vegan dog or whatever. That's the kind of cop that Carlson is. Well, I don't know if I can trust a man that doesn't need meat. But um, as Miles, as Miles is in this, and I'm going to call it a bodega. Because it's not. It's just a regular convenience store. I, I don't. Well, that's what a bodega is, though. No. In lots of parts of the country. Sure. It's like a convenience store, liquor store, whatever. Hey, whatever. I wrote Bodega. But the dumbest criminal in the world comes in because how yep. many cops are outside with the traffic? <laughs> well, but he doesn't, he doesn't really see the cops because it's not like, I didn't see a patrol car out there. It was just. There would be on, one on the way. Yes, but. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go rob a place. Look outside. Is there a car accident <laughs> right in front of this place? In broad daylight. But it is distracting people from paying attention to what he's doing. And he tries to rob this clerk. And the but the clerk goes not for... Not having it. The clerk, he tells the clerk to go for the safe. And the clerk pulls out a gun and fires at him. Now, so then him and the During clerk gun are exchanging gunfight, which alerts Carlson to something happening. So he goes to the door and he yells... Detective Malone, who's eating Fritos. Yeah, he's just sitting on the Are you okay in there? Well, now the criminal knows there's a cop in there. (laughs) Now, here's my thing. I think that, I don't think that's the part he cares about. I think he generally likes Carlson and thinks he's a good dude. So when Tully shoots at, and he doesn't know this is Tully yet. So when Tully shoots at Carlson, then he's like, fuck, I got to get involved now. And he stands up and holds a gun to the back of the suspect's head and tells him to put his hands on the on the huh. pavement. On the pavement. There, like, the pa- there is the pavement. They put him on the oodles the noodles. noodles. Beef or chicken. And he says chicken. chicken. And apparently, I think it was the way he said chicken, allowed Tully to recognize him. So he pulls his hood off, turns around and says, Miles? <laughs> and then they're like, holy shit. And then the clerk fires again. So then they both duck down. now he has down. a shotgun. Yeah. So they both duck down and they have a quick little chat. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? But... Uh, Carlson like, is coming in. Stop. I'm working here. <laughs> I know. But he doesn't really explain things very well. And Tully is not trying to pick up what he's putting down. He's no. very confused. <laughs> but, um, so, 
Miles gets motions Tully to run out the back and then starts talking to Carlson, which again really confuses Tully. But he gets Tully out the back and then um, Carlson chases after him, so Miles has to go along. And then Tully ends up trapped in the alley behind a dumpster. So the cops are at one end and Tully is at the other end and he's firing at the cops and they're like, We've you're with an Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> Like get SWAT down here with some snipers. And Detective Hardcastle shows up and says, I, I called SWAT. We'll get some snipers. And then Miles doesn't want to see Tully get shot either because that's his friend. I mean, kind of just let it go at this point. I know. And so Miles is like, no. One less cut of the dime. I'm going in. Takes off his jacket. He says, I got jumps this. Out. Believe that. I got this. And he comes walking out. Yep. So then he goes down and him and Tully have a talk. And Miles tells Tully that he's working on something and he's blowing it. He also lectures him on being a bad criminal because you never go for the safe. You just take the till and then you get out. And what the hell are you doing this? You're the best wheel man in the business. And Tully's like, well, I got to eat too. <laughs> but, I um, have to be the wheel man on a crew. <laughs> and he tells, he tells Tully he'll pay him $20,000 if he lets him arrest him. And he's like, nah, I'm not, he's, first he offers 10, and Tully says 50, and then he goes with 20, and he's, and Tully agrees, and he's like, I gotta take your gun, though, and Tully's like, no, I gotta keep this gun, you know how much I paid for this gun, I just got this brand new gun, and he's like, no, I, they won't let me arrest you and keep your gun, you gotta let me arrest you, you gotta let me take your gun, and uh, so Tully agrees, and then Miles says, this is gonna hurt a bit. And punches him in the face. And he spins him around and smacks him in the back of the head. I don't mm. see that actually hurting. Yeah. It would sting, maybe, but it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. But, so he arrests Tully. And back at the precinct, we see Carlson bragging about their arrest to all the other officers. And Rizzo calls Miles into his office. Uh, Miles thinks that he's busted, but in fact, uh, Rizzo is offering him the, the position of lead detective of the burglary division. Which is bananas. To <laughs> quote Carly. <laughs> and uh, he accepts very confusedly, but this will allow him to stay in the department and continue to search for the diamond. And then Rizzo announces to all the other detectives that Miles is the new acting lead detective of the burglary division. So he tells Carlson to, Rizzo gives Miles's paperwork to Carlson to go file. And then Miles snags the paperwork from Carlson and throws it in the trash because he does not want any of this paperwork processed. He then sneaks off to investigate the air ducts. He finds where the diamond was, but it's been gone. Hardcastle comes to question him about some hmm. a, administrative stuff. And Miles points out that there was water damage and Hardcastle tells him that there was a pipe that burst and all the vents were flushed out. So now he doesn't know where the diamond is. We then get a brief scene where Deacon goes to visit Uncle Lou, beats him up a bit, and finds out that Miles is posing as a detective in this particular precinct, because I guess it was on the on the badge. So that night, Miles goes to the precinct and uses a remote control car to search all the ducks, and this takes him all night. Mm -hmm. He's still there in the morning when he interrupts a briefing about Jean Lefleur, the heroin dealer. Who's also the motherfucking Ukrainian from the Italian job. Because there's three things you don't mess with. What are they? Mother-in-laws, Mother Nature, and motherfucking Ukrainians. 
Um, so <clears throat> because he, <laughs> because he interrupts this briefing, he then has to make up some bullshit about what he's going to bring to the table like, hey, as lead so detective. detective. So what does he do? He Martin Lawrence's this shit out of this. Yep. <laughs> and he ends up scrapping the P31 and institutes the P40 without knowing what the hell it is, which I assume it is some kind of weapon, but I have no idea. It could just be paperwork. I don't know, but also, as the lead detective, he doesn't manage the budget. I know. And the captain is like, he can't do that. He's like, oh, he's shaking things up. It's okay. No, yeah, that the, lieutenant. The, captain, the captain's like, he can't do that. And the lieutenant's like, nah, but he's just shaking things up. Maybe yeah. that's just what we need. The lieutenant's like, he's so hot. Yeah. He's like, look at his ass cheeks, man. Yeah, he's, like, the lieutenant's got some feelings he's not ready to deal with. He's feeling a, a certain kind of way. He wants to have a share. But then they tell Miles that Tully wants to talk to him and that he has information about another burglary or robbery. I guess he says burglary. Um, they're not the same thing, but this movie kind of uses them very similarly. Most people put um, burglary and robbery as the same thing. Like, my house was robbed. Were you home? No, then you weren't robbed. You were burgled. <laughs> you were burgled. Which is more fun to say. <laughs> Especially if you're the hamburger. <laughs> Those grimace memes are really funny. I've been burgled! Um, so, Miles goes to talk to Tully. Uh, we see that Miss Green has been assigned to Tully's because there's only uh, one lawyer who works in this entire So Miles thing. goes in there and Tully is like, you said I'd only spend one night in jail. And Miles is like, you've only been in here one night. And then they get in a fight over whether Miles is going to pay him $50,000 or not. Or whether Tully is going to tell them who the fuck he is. So then he starts whooping his ass. He starts beating him up. And Miss Green sees this and the cops, Hardcastle seems to love when. He's got a, you oh, know, yeah. the march is on. Okay, he's over there just. Yeah. So roughing up his own shit. suspect. <laughs> they find this very, like, I don't know what the laws are in this fictitious LAPD, <laughs> but apparently roughing up the suspect is not a problem because although Miss Green seems very offended when she sees this, all the cops think it's the best thing ever. ever. And nobody seems to, like, sanction him or anything like, like that. Like, that dude's not only fired, he's federally charged. Yep. <laughs> And this isn't 1999. This isn't now. But, uh, so... Now I think they just kill him. <laughs> Miss Green goes to take Tully somewhere else. And, uh, Hardcastle says, wait, you said you had information on another robbery. And he says, yes. Logan. And he says, Logan owes me $50,000. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't pay up soon, then I'm talking. And then... He says that the only thing he can say about Logan is that he's gay. Gay, gay, gay. <laughs> Which, you're not supposed to laugh at, Tony. It's not no, funny anymore. It was just funny because what's his name got so mad, Martin Lawrence. Because he insinuated that he might be a homosexual. Yeah. Which, again, is jokes you can't make anymore, but was still fine. Well, not fine, but still accepted mm-hmm. in 1999. Um, so then uh, Hardcastle lets Miles know that his old partner has called looking for him. And left a message about his health insurance being about to expire. And Miles decodes that easily as Deacon knows where it is and is going to kill him. So then Miles continues searching and finally finds the diamond, but can't get to it. It is in a vent above the evidence room. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlson interrupts him and tells Miles that he can't find any record of him and that his badge number does not exist. And he wants to know what's going on. So Miles tells him and takes him into a stairway and tells him that he's from Internal Affairs. <laughs> and Carlson is an idiot and buys this. 
Rizzo then comes to them and tells Miles he needs to go out to the airport. There's a 413. And Miles is like, I, I really think that I should do that. I, I need to stay here. I got paperwork. But he's like, no, there's a museum theft at the airport, and I need my best guy on it, and that's you. Yeah, you've been here five minutes. The FBI is already there. you beat up a suspect, illegally searched a van. And you know the FBI is already there. Yeah, they're not going to. So why send him? (laughs) Because I know, but... Because the FBI is not going to let him do anything. No. Because both of them are named Johnson. So they get to the airport. (laughs) No relation. And the FBI guys... Never numb! Won't let them in, but... (laughs) I was in high Miles doesn't care about jurisdiction or laws, so he just fucking goes in there and walks right up to the FBI guys and starts looking around. And they're like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I am Detective Malone. And the FBI goes, well, I'm FBI... Johnson. Agent... Blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. It's Johnson. Boats, boats, boats. Johnson. And uh, he tells... He pretty much tells um, Malone and the other officers to go fuck off. And Miles is like, no, you fuck off. And then he's like, no, you fuck off, and kicks him out. And they leave. It was a very intelligent conversation. Yeah, it's like, really, really went somewhere with all this. And then they leave, and they get in the car. And so it's Carlson and Hardcastle and Miles in the backseat. And Carlson is really impressed with the way he stood up to that FBI guy. (laughs) Okay. But they still got kicked out. So what is impressive about talking tough and still getting kicked out? He just loves him. Well, they all love him. They all love him. He must have a beer-flavored penis. And then he's like, they weren't looking. And uh, Hardcastle says, well, they can find the museum crap themselves. And Miles Uh, is like, they weren't looking for museum stuff. They were looking for drugs. That's a good one. (laughs) This is the oldest trick in the book. You import the drugs, and then you break in, and you steal it before, you know. And you look for something with a letter B on it. Before it goes through customs. And all you have to do is find a truck in with a letter B on it, because bond and trucks get work in bonded warehouses. And they're like, how do you know all this stuff? Well, I worked in bonded warehouses. Yeah, why wouldn't you know how (laughs) things can get in and out of a warehouse? He's like, that's where you go, I'm a detective. What are you? (laughs) So then they call in some air support, and wouldn't you know, they find a truck with a big Tony goes, I mean, there's only one in all of Los Angeles. There's one. (laughs) It's not like a major international airport, and also perhaps a major... Port as well with how many bonded trucks could there bonded be at warehouses the all over in the city? LA. Two, maybe three. But they the like, they go. I got it. <laughs> they go to investigate the truck yeah. that's right in the vicinity, the which would make sense. Um, you wouldn't think that they maybe did this hours ago before the FBI found it, and nah. you wouldn't think they'd be hours away. They were fifteen minutes. They <laughs> just just missed them. They just missed they them. They're so close. Just there. Um, so they find the truck and they're kind of checking it out, pull up alongside it. And they notice that the driver has a prison tat. So they're like, this is definitely our truck. So they call for backup. Because only people with prison tattoos drive trucks. I don't know. Well, if this is a specific (coughs) bonded truck that gets into restricted areas, it would be kind of suspicious if he had a prison tattoo. Because you would think that wouldn't mean that he would not it's on every uh, job application you have to check are you a felon and they they do background <laughs> checks and stuff not in the jazz triangle community i sure yeah. although not this university truck truck driver though <laughs> obviously the they don't do truckers ba- only they obviously don't know how to do background checks in whatever universe this is in though i mean just it's pretty obvious but they call for backup and the fbi who's been monitoring their channels tells them to back off 
and that they need to, you know, and they're because like the FBI does actually know what's happening, and they Monitor are also the truck, probably looking for the. <laughs> they're probably also looking for the same truck. Yes, the one bonded truck. Because they yeah. know that they're looking for this drug dealer. They know that this was drugs. Yeah. They just weren't telling the regular cops that because they don't give a shit about what the regular cops think. And because, really, it was a federal matter. It was in an international airport in a bonded warehouse. It seems like that would be where the FBI goes <laughs> and not the LAPD. And all of this makes sense, which is like, why everything city, that happens city is flying. makes no sense. I have a bow and arrow. Because every time something makes sense, it's just treated as if it doesn't matter. Speaking of, I heard Jeremy Renner's walking without a cane now. Congratulations. Good, Good for him. I also heard that. All right, Way so... Go, Hawkeye. Miles and Hardcastle look at each other and they say, fuck it, this is our collar, we're taking it down. Yeah. So what? what? <laughs> so they do. Like, I do think you're going to get arrested for in- interfering with the federal investigation. No, no, no. There's no way. Not, not in this universe. Nope. This, is, this one is, works on... right, this is an alternate universe. This, this law enforcement this universe, it's all about dibs. This takes place in California. They're very oh, liberal here. Dibs. Their laws are completely different. Dibs. Dibs. Sir Sorry, Walter. FBI. Dibs. Got him. Wow. Damn it. Detective's called Dibs. Pull off. Everybody leave. All right, Agent Johnson, let's go. Okay, so they say, fuck you, and they take the truck. The, uh, they open the back first without securing the driver, and the driver <laughs> predictably runs off. Now, Carlson and Hardcastle have guns on the gentlemen that were in the back of the truck and eyes on the drugs. And Hardcastle tells Malone that the driver that's running away is his. I feel like that would be Carlson's. Mm. I feel like we would make the new guy, the fuck up, chase the suspect that's running away. No, you pick the fastest guy. Yeah. (laughs) Not Martin Lawrence. I don't Probably know. The, of Luke the Wilson. three of them, who do you think is the fastest? Luke Probably Wilson! Wilson. Really? Which is what yeah. I said. Oh, yeah. Tall, lanky, not 50. <laughs> Tall, lanky, and not 50. That'll do it. Lawrence is, he's an older dude. No, yeah. He's not old, but he's not, Luke Wilson's younger. Trust me, Luke Wilson's smoking him in a foot race. Yeah. I feel like Luke Wilson has that kind of white guy vibe where you know this dude jogs and probably runs he marathons. He probably does. He's a jogger. Now that you mentioned it, he probably he, does. He However, probably runs marathons. What are the odds, based on what we know of him, that he's actually going to catch the guy, well, cuff him, and get him back to the I that's, feel, that's true. That I feel like Martin Lawrence could maybe win if they're running a 40. But if they're anything they're farther than that, Luke Wilson is going to win in the Every long 40 run. 40 hands? All right, anyways. So Martin Lawrence chases, chases the guy and uh, manages to catch him. Then we take him into custody, and they... M- so they take the drugs into evidence, and Martin Lawrence wants to ride the evidence into the evidence room so that Which, he can then search for his diamond. It like it's a fucking float. Which you would if there was no. I don't think you're if allowed you, to. If I feel like in the movies, if you get that many drugs, you get to ride on it like a float. I actually feel like they did the same fucking thing in Bad Boys when they I got all she, that heroin. I thought she was gonna say in Batman when the Joker no. was riding on all the. I I feel like there is a scene in Bad Boys where they also get to sit on thing, a giant hubba, hubba, pile money, of money, drugs. Money, who do you trust? Because they were uh, narcotics detectives Me? in that. I'm giving away free money. 
<laughs> yesterday, I was at work and I asked Jacob. Oh, your trouble seems so far away. No, this is very pertinent to your oh. current tangent. <laughs> and I asked Jacob to do me a favor, and he went and he did it. And I said, "Have you ever seen Batman '89?" And he said, "Yes." And I says, "You know when the Joker turns to Bob and says, you 'You're my number one guy.'" <laughs> and he goes, "Yes." And I'm like, "That's all I can think in my head right now." And I called Jacob. You wanted to shoot him. No, I called Jacob my number one guy. He shoots him. Yeah, but this after. <laughs> you never call anyone your number one guy because that means you want to kill him. But right then he was my number Isn't one. Is that right, number one guy? What? <laughs> I don't think it does. To be fair, we shoot each other. All he time. was a crazy person. You. Bob was his number one guy. My number one. I got Well, Grissom says it to... Jack. To Jack. Yeah. And then he tries to kill Grissom. Right. That's but then Jack says it to Bob. Bob and, Bob, and then, and then Jack kills, kills Bob. Bob. <laughs> so maybe it's just a Jack thing. It's no, because just... Grissom killed Jack. Yeah, but it's... After being called his number one it's guy. It's just because yeah, Jack so was... Yeah, technically, I guess. But Jack was crazy. Well, they're all crazy. Yeah. So it's Bob. <laughs> so it's Grissom. Bob, who's crazier? The guy who dresses up like Joker runs around or the guy that follows him? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that seems like a rational plan, boss. Let's get all this poison gas and throw it all over with millions of dollars. Bob, betre- uh, Bob appreciated other people's drama. Oh, we have to do it with purple jackets with your face on the back? Sounds like a good plan. I'm in. <laughs> do you have dental? <laughs> Some people are really into gang life. All right. So then um, choose the gang life. during the interrogation slash fight. Yeah, no, where, it's not a fight. It's an ass whooping. Where Miles beats him- the shit out of this delivery driver. Yeah. Hardcastle and Carlson talk. And Hardcastle tells Carlson that he looked into, he called West Covina, they never heard of this guy. And then Carlson is like, so then you know he's internal affairs. And Hardcastle is like, there is no way he's internal affairs. He is FBI. They don't get that kind of training at the academy. That's old school. That's federal government training. Meanwhile, he's squishing his head in a door. So his face is squishing. And he says, come on, let's go help him. They're all going to federal prison. But the guy talks. And he tells them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that confession is not going to count. <laughs> a little, little cursed. So then things have calmed. You keep calmed. him, he's going to tell you he started the Chicago fucking fire. Doesn't make it goddamn so. Things have calmed down enough that Miles was able to sneak in to go into the evidence room, climbs on the thing of drugs, and goes into the vent and gets <gasps> the diamond. Boom shakalaka. Which is all fine and good. And what does and he do? So he, he takes it out and is kissing it. I'm like, dude. There's gotta be pocket. cameras in here. Stuff it in your pocket and get on a plane to South America tonight. <laughs> he celebrates a little too much because that is Miles' jam. I mean, he's Martin Lawrence and he, it up. He certainly is. And he drops he's it. partying like it's 1999 because it, it is. is. Mm-hmm. He drops it into the giant pallet of drugs and then gets interrupted because the <sighs> FBI is taking custody of said drugs and bringing them to their lab. Which, because of course, they Don't of you want to go? Miles is like, no, we should keep them. And then the FBI guy is like, no, you should not. It's a conversation. (laughs) We're not keeping them. Can we keep them? No. No. (laughs) But Miles suggests that they use them as, LaFleur doesn't know that the LAPD has them and that they can use them as bait. And the FBI guy is like, you cannot get a sting together in under three hours. He says, bet. 
But Miles somehow talks them into this because he's, he's super awesome. cop. He's <laughs> and Rizzo is instantly, and he's like, wait, no, but maybe we could because we got super cop. His timer goes off. And then, <laughs> and somehow, His timer went off a while ago. Somehow Miles talks the FBI into letting him go undercover on a sting operation with these drugs. But Miles doesn't even realize that that's actually what's happening. And at this point, but you're they just kind of along for the ride. You're like, sure, man. And they're like, okay, so you're going to do this. And he's like, no, I was just saying that you could yeah, do but- yeah. <laughs> I mean, how Which did you think he was going to get the diamond if he didn't go undercover yeah, on his you stick? have to go but, in there. So they're like, all right, let's do this. What do you need? And they go off to arrange it. And while this is happening, Miles goes gets Tully and kicks him out of the police station. And Tully, Tully's like, I'm not leaving. And he's like, till I get my 50000 And Miles is like, get the fuck out and of here. And he's like, where's my gun? He's like, you fucking leave. Yeah. <laughs> Meet me tonight at Lou's. I'll have your money. And you would think that um, if I was Tully, I would just fucking leave. Yeah, <laughs> There's absolutely. no way I'm staying. Without, I mean, even if I didn't have my money or my gun, I'm just leaving at this point. Yeah, I mean, do you really want to stay at the police precinct? I mean, he's... He you shot at police he's officers. He's going to talk if, if Miles doesn't give him the money. So maybe he does want to stick around <laughs> so that he can give him up. He's still going to jail to, then. To be fair, he's a criminal. He's an idiot. That doesn't so work for him in the long run. Things. Like that you said, he a, shot yeah. at cops. Yeah. It's a funny thing. <laughs> but then the... I'm F- pretty sure they're going to be looking for him. But like, oh, well, he shot a cop. Yeah, but they let him out. So, yeah, oh, well, so he's so free to go. Yeah. The FBI Once preps Miles free. for his sting operation. <laughs> and uh, he goes... He's, Gonna go in undercover. Miles has a brief moment with Carlson because he really likes Carlson, thinks he's a generally good dude, and tells him to forget everything that he ever told them. If anything happens. And he's and he's like, You mean about IA? He, he's like, No, everything. No, everything. You need to forget everything that I might have accidentally taught you. <laughs> and uh, he gets in the truck. And well, because he said the whole place is corrupt and all that kind yeah. of shit, and he's trying to root out the evil and all. Yeah. Forget all that. If I die. And he's done all these things that are and uh, so far the off the I book. The that, yeah, <laughs> like, he's terrible. And he doesn't want Carlson to emulate him because he likes Carlson. Um, so then uh, the truck pulls out and Deacon is outside the police station, uh, sees Miles in the truck and follows it too. We can't really see Deacon seeing Miles, but we have to assume that he saw Miles because why would he follow this random truck that yeah. moves the police station? Because it has a B on it. But it doesn't mean B for best buddy. Bonding. <laughs> yeah, but... You think Deacon's just going to rob the truck anyway? Yeah. No, Deacon is looking No, for... I think this is a fucking movie and it's like <laughs> it, needs, it needs Deacon to be in the fucking finale. So uh, they drive some distance. They have some Act 3 problems. To a warehouse where they park the truck. That's in San Diego. I thought they Which had said the San vagina. Francisco. And I was like, that's north of, like, far north. <laughs> they end up close to Mexico. But San Diego is close to Mexico, so that made more sense. I mean, San Francisco. I was like, how long were they driving? <laughs> San Francisco's yeah. close to Mexico, relatively. Our son isn't going to hang out in Mexico on weekends, is he? Um, that one time that he, I got an alert that says your phone has been activated in Mexico, and he's like, I wasn't in Mexico. I'm like, you were so in Mexico. <laughs> I, I was like, you went to TJ, didn't you? <laughs> don't go to Mexico. But the good, but it was like, hey, but don't worry, you're covered in Mexico for all of your stuff. And I was like, all right, that phone. I didn't get that alert. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, son, don't get VD down there. God, I'm gonna follow you your whole life. You don't definitely don't get arrested down there. <laughs> No. Well, you don't want to be in Mexican jail. We find that out later in this right. movie. Nobody wants to be in Mexican jail. You're going to have a burrito in your ass. 
All right, so then um, they park the That's truck. That's what he says. And <laughs> Miles goes in back. And <laughs> he goes and he gets his fucking diamond. But you think the FBI would have rigged up a camera both in the cab of this truck and in the back of this truck. Oh, stop it. Well, but they didn't have a lot of time. So. I will let that go back because back. they didn't have well, a lot of time and it wasn't like, it's not like now where they just got him. But <laughs> he finally, he gets the diamond and he finally has the diamond. But a car pulls in behind the truck and the door opens and it's Tully? Son of a bitch. Did anybody expect that? No. no. <laughs> We've seen, seen this. <laughs> and uh, he sees Miles with the diamond. And Tully is like, shut, or Miles is, Tully is like, oh my God, you got the money, let's get out of here. And Miles knows he's on, uh, right. the camera? No, he's, he's wide. He's on <laughs> camera, yeah. Speaker, speaker, the word I was not being able to say is speaker. He's mic'd. Crack. So he's mic'd. So he covers the mic so they can't hear him and Tully talking. And he's Crack. like, Tully, you got to get out of here. I'm not a cop right now. I'm a fucking drug dealer. <laughs> and Dolly is like, what the fuck is You're happening? You're not dude? a drug dealer. You're a gen thief. And he's like, stop Friend. talking. <laughs> but here's my thing. Also, what the fuck? Tully sees him leaving in this van. Tully knows that he's been pretending to be a cop. There's no way this isn't some kind of cop plot. Why would Tully follow this van? Because Tully, Tully is a moron. Tully only cares about the money. And wants his money. <laughs> he's robbing convenience stores. He's not doing good. But then <laughs> Deacon bursts in with a gun. That and he pulls a gun on them and he's like, Give me the fucking diamond. He's like, I'm in this movie still. And still then Martin Lawrence shows him that he's wired and Deacon pulls the mic off him and then the FBI is like, oh, We've lost the mic. But they still have video. And then just this moment a giant magnet comes and picks up the truck. And they're like, We should go in. We don't have ears anymore. And he's the, the dude's like, no, 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 no. Malone's got it. Malone has a plan. Doing. He's yeah. always got a plan. He's hot. I mean, he knows what he's doing. So, <laughs> so the truck he's is carried like from what? one side of the warehouse to the other side of the warehouse, which you would think that once the truck went in the warehouse, the FBI was slowly closing in. You think they might notice that there's other fucking trucks and the other half the warehouse. But no, not yet. So it sets the truck down in front of Lafleur's guys. Well, they, they always do the thing where it's like, we got to get... Uh, Lafleur to be getting the drugs. It's like, no, dude, this guy's fucking an Interpol. They've got thousands of charges on him. You just need him to be there. You know, they're like, no, wait, wait. We see him. We gotta wait. We see the truck of drugs. He's involved in a drug deal. <laughs> he didn't think he, he was getting try cream cheese. Well, they got like, this isn't a whole truck of brie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was here to buy. Where's the crackers? Smuggled watermelons. Which it's still smuggled. <laughs> Watermelons. But then I was like, does this magnet affect this gun that Deacon's holding? <laughs> no, apparently not. All right, so uh, Lafleur's guys, guys have many I guns. I don't know much about guns, so I was like, would it? Like, I was legit asking Tony. I heard, and he I was heard, like, I it heard couldn't a make story, it so I won't shoot. <laughs> I heard a story that I don't believe, but it was supposedly true, where these policemen got into some kind of trouble in a hospital near an MRI machine that went off and supposedly it magnetized the firing pins in their guns and they didn't work and they didn't understand because nobody put it together for a couple of days. But that sounded like bullshit to me. 
I don't think that's how that works. It sounds mechanical. like a scene from a movie. I know. It's a mechanical device. It's a metal pin that shoots forward and hits the primer and shoots the bullet out. So right. magnetizing it wouldn't do anything. I don't know what kind of guns it was, but that's that was the story. Which but is the, it sounded like are that guns at all magnetic? Like, would it just be on the roof of this thing? I don't know. Right. John, that's strong the magnet. Yeah. John, go get one of your guns. Strong enough because to take one of my nail polish magnets well, and see if they're magnet. Because the other thing is, it's a wide magnet over a wide space of metal. That's why it picks it up because it has a large surface space to pick it up <coughs> it's not like if you walked under it it's going to yank you up to it it's I don't not know. it might in like wily coyotes but Picking it's that truck up because you of know, the wide I, surface like space. Said, it's, the like a, it's the same as like a it's the same as like a if it was the same size plunger you know it's it's a wide surface space to pick it up yeah. it's not focused you know it's all good okay anywho back to Otherwise, you probably have metal feelings and rip his fucking head off. <laughs> then you know it's like it's this movie stuff. Mm, excuse me. Your dog's a pain in the ass. Oh. He doesn't want to go outside. He wants to bark. Okay. Um. So the truck lands where the drug dealers are. Yes, and they surround <laughs> the truck, and then they open the back, and then they make everybody exit the truck. And they're like, "Who are these guys?" Yep. And. Uh, Benny, I think it's Benny. The driver. And the Jets. I can't remember, but I'm going to call him Benny. The, the truck jet. driver says, you told me to get guys. These are the guys. Because that's the reason he doesn't home. know who these other two dudes yeah. are, though. <laughs> that's, He's just playing along because he doesn't want to get shot. That's the whole reason that Martin Lawrence, or that Miles was able to convince the FBI to run a sting mm-hmm. is that the driver said that the guys on the truck were new and they could replace the guys and they could go in. They didn't know. Um, <laughs> but, so... Miles instantly starts slinging some more bullshit because he's snowed over all these cops for days and days that he can also think he can snow over the floor. So he has a cover story for him and for uh, Tully, which makes no sense. And Deacon is still he's there. Like, this is a guy that could pull your heart out through and your asshole or something. LaFleur asks Deacon, and she's Deacon says, no, he's a cop. And then... And Miles is like, no, he's lying. And Deacon's like, no, he's a cop. So then LaFleur, um, during this, uh, Miles punched Tully in the face. And they stashed Tully in the truck. And we never see him again, I guess. He he just becomes invisible. Um, and Tony was like, did he leave? Yeah, I was like, did Tully live? <laughs> what happened, what happened to, to Tully? He just I don't know. I'm sure the pool... Who knows? Yeah. He disappears from this movie. He's up north on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> Gets a um, house next next to Superior. But uh, so Lafleur says that uh, Miles look kind of makes him think he's a cop, which is ridiculous. And Miles is kind of should be more offended than he is. Yeah. He's like, you talk the talk and you walk the walk, but you think of cop. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I have an idea. If you're not a cop, you shoot him. And he pulls out a gun and puts like, one bullet okay. into it and gives it to Miles really and tells him to shoot him. And he's like, like okay. And he, that was <laughs> awesome. That was awesome. I didn't think he was going to do it, but he just, without hesitation, shot him in the shoulder. And then LaFleur goes, no, I meant kill him. And he's like, well, you didn't say that. You said that. shoot him. He said, just said shoot him. And he could have said, well, I'm a bad shot. What do you expect? He should he should have shot him again and hit the other shoulder. Like, fuck, I messed up. Leave me more bullets. I know. And uh, so Miles, so he puts another bullet in the gun and he gives it back to Miles. And but after he shot Deacon the first time, the FBI guys are like, "No, we gotta go in. We gotta go in." Like, no, trust Malone. I mean, shots have been fired at this point. Yeah, (laughs) they're undercover. Had to shoot someone. They're going in. He just told this guy to kill another man. 
you could probably arrest him for that. I mean, well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. California, though. So, but yeah. they don't have audio, so they don't know what's happening. Ooh, but they I'm heard sorry, the shots, so they're gonna go in. So Miles draws on Deacon a second time, and he's thinking about it. But he can't come back from shooting a guy, and he, you know, he's this is not him. He's not the kind of guy that murders other people. He's been very careful to make sure that nobody dies in all of his strange antics. But. Yeah, he's a thief. He, he goes, lines. but he is going to kill him. You can see him working up the courage to shoot Deacon, but the FBI bursts in and shit goes more well, crazy. Well, Deacon killed his friend. Yes. To be yes. fair. Like, in the very beginning, he blew his friend away. So. He blew his friend oh, away. Away. So, decided the, let's blow this guy Everybody away. scatters. Blow this guy away. Everybody scatters when the FBI bursts in, and Miles goes after Deacon. Um, but... Deacon jumps into an armored car that I guess they were transferring the drugs from the van into because the armored car has drugs in it too. So where did they get those drugs? Or were they picking up multiple shipments? Because until you said that, I really thought it was just the same truck that they just arrived no, in. But it's it's an armored no, car. it's an armored car. Another one. So do you think that maybe there were multiple trucks and they were taking multiple different deliveries and oh, they were just waiting so. on this last one? Because he says why you're late to the one guy. So, I mean, it would make sense if they split the drugs I mean, we were coming up. from L.A. We got stuck in traffic. That is not surprising. <laughs> but uh, Miles, so Miles has to stop to save Carlson from one of LaFleur's men, who then Carlson kills that guy and ends up collaring LaFleur. Did anybody notice this, that Carlson captures LaFleur? No. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but nobody, it, like, they, you see it in the background, but nobody talks about it. But so Deacon takes off and Miles is not letting Deacon get away because Deacon has the diamond. So he chases him and manages to jump into the back of the armored car that Deacon is driving. So then all of the, so then they're followed off the site by some patrolmen and Hardcastle who's in a car, uh, in an unmarked. And Deacon is heading towards Mexico and the FBI goes over the radio and reminds them that they cannot pursue across the Mexican border. So it's very you would think that he was kind of trying to tell them that it's important that they stop this car before it goes across the border, but he doesn't really say it like that. He's just like, don't pursue over in Mexico. So, um, Hardcastle alerts the other patrol cars that are in pursuit that they have a friendly undercover on board. And then he drives up, he tells Smiles to hold on and he tries to use his under, his unmarked to nudge the armored car off the road. Like a pit However, maneuver. Yeah, which is totally crazy. <laughs> yes. He tries to do a pit maneuver in like a Mercury versus an armored car. Yeah, it doesn't well, work. Well, also Lawrence is hanging off the side. It's like, you're going to kill him. Yes. Yeah. If that but, truck rolls, he's dead. So, but all that happens is Harcastle yeah. gets in an accident. Then Miles decides to go Mission Impossible and climb along the outside of the armored car which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're getting they're coming to the border which has been barricaded with cars. And Miles jumps off before Deacon rams the border cuz Deacon does ram the border. I mean, he's in an armored car, he might as well. And but they put out the strips so they blow his tires. They blow his tires so he's not moving very fast at this point, but he still continues across the border. The FBI pulls up and Miles is like, "Go get him." And they're like, "We can't. He's in Mexico. He's out of our jurisdiction." And Miles is like, fuck you, he's not out of my jurisdiction, and steals a patrol car and chases him across the border. He then shoots a flare from a... How many patrol cars carry a flare gun under the seat? I don't know. Intriguing thoughts. But he takes the flare and he shoots it through the whole... Um, 
like There's, the door handle no area? it's like a it's like a hole in the side of the armored car which i which for shotguns for shotguns so oh. like when they're making stops they have a gun that they're pointing because you can't shoot through the door but in case but there's a hole so that they could shoot at someone who was trying to rob them. I guess it's a safety feature. I don't know if that's a real thing or just for this movie. But I've, I've seen it in other movies. I never paid attention in real life. I've never paid that close attention to the Garda truck that's picking up the money yeah. at my workplace. Because <laughs> usually so I'm like, up. God damn it, Garda's here and I'm busy and yeah. I have to go and stop and give them all the money. <laughs> it's a very pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> I know a guy that works for one of those companies. They don't do background checks very extensively. Really? Mm-hmm. So, um, we got so a... So, prison tattoo could legit be a driver? <laughs> we got an inner office memo that said, that reminded us to make sure that we check the Garda's ID against the person, because another store, they checked the ID and it didn't match, and then they wouldn't give the person the money, because, well, your ID doesn't match your face. Mm-hmm. And the person got super belligerent. Now, we have never heard whether this was an actual person that worked for that company who just maybe didn't mm-hmm. look like their ID anymore, gained some weight, lost some weight, whatever, yeah. or yeah. whether it was a fictitious person trying to rob the store. We've n- There's been no follow-up. Yeah. Is that a robbery, or I think it's more of a burgle? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> might be a heist. Well, they had a weapon. Might be a heist. <laughs> I don't well they did not succeed. They we don't know if whether they were Good imperson- on them for doing their job. Well. We don't know if they were impersonating someone in the opportunity to burgle, burgle the I mean if they were home wouldn't so, it be a robbery if there was a weapon present? If they were at home There's usually at least two or three of them. Look, the whole point is oh. we've never found any further details, but we were given a memo to make sure that we check and we have the same three guys. It's like this overweight white dude this really tall black dude or a lady. It's always the th- same three people that oh, she's a lady. Come whoa, to her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. As opposed to the white dude Thank or you. the tall black guy that come. But it's always the same three people. And I know who they are at this point. And if it's ever somebody different, yeah, I am I mean, real blah, diligent blah, about blah, checking blah, at their blah, ID anyways. Because, you know, it's thousands of dollars. <laughs> but whatever. I just thought it. I don't. I've never looked at their truck because I find the whole process to be an annoying thing that I have to that takes me out of my actual work um so blah 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 he shoots a flare through the hole into the cab of the armored car which causes a crash then Miles and Deacon pull guns on each other which the FBI guy goes what are they talking about (laughs) and Rizzo Lieutenant Rizzo who's there says Miles is an expert negotiator he's so excited to see how Miles is going to handle the situation I mean, he's a good cop. But we can see the federales coming from the other direction, and Miles tells Deacon that um, he's his only way out of this. He's about to end up in a Mexican prison, so he can either come turn himself into Miles and go to American prison, or stay here and go and become <clears throat> someone's senorita. Yeah, and he's be somebody's bitch. He's like, come senorita. on, man, and I might still give you a cut of the diamond. And Deacon is like, I have the diamond. And Miles is like, you really think you're keeping that diamond after the Mexicans get to you? <laughs> so he manages to talk. He's not wrong. Those Mexicans will take that shit. Look, yeah, Miles Tell you right Logan now, if I'm a cop, is and I see me- that shit, I'm keeping that diamond. <laughs> like, what diamond? <laughs> it's baffling that Miles was not able to keep Janice. Because he's an expert sweet talker, and he convinces Deacon to put the gun down and let him take him into custody. 
Well, which, he didn't have a lot of alternatives because there were cops coming on both sides. And it is the only way he's going to get cut that down because he's not running. No. At this point. He's like a dog paddle in New Zealand. Clips and on both sides. he's not that dude from Point Break. <laughs> Bodhi? The Bodhisattva? Yes. I'm sorry, I forgot. Not that dude. It's Bodhi. Bosipas? <laughs> anyway. Bosipas is the Bodhisattva. And it was Miles about money. then spin kicks him in the face. Yeah. And handcuffs him to the truck Question because mark. he lied. He was not. He's leaving him for the Mexican. Somebody, and Deacon is like, God, "Don't you leave me here!" And pulls another gun and goes to shoot Miles in the back. But Miles scoped it out, turns around, and kills him. And then drops I was the like, gun. Ooh. And that was unexpected as well. I was like, "Damn!" And I don't think like, the Mexican. That's not the first time he's killed somebody. Let's not gloss over that because he was fine with it. I don't think the Mexican authorities are letting you go after you just murdered someone. Right I don't think the Mexican them. authorities are letting it's you go ever. No. Because <laughs> that's the hell they were all. It's so not then, murder. That guy was pulling a gun on you. That's called self-defense. Well, Even in Mexico. At the border. We're now at the border. We have all the FBI guys and the cops, and they're all cleaning up this mess, this whole this international incident that has happened. And we see the FBI wants like, to talk to Miles. <laughs> and... <laughs> The FBI regional director Peterson comes up and starts to question Miles. And Rizzo is like, no, no, this is my guy. And Peterson is like, I'm going to find out what happened here today. If I have to investigate your whole unit and then stalks off. Now what? There's no way this guy who flew all the way down here is leaving without some kind of explanation. Nor is he just going to be like, oh, no, he's your guy. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) So ludicrous and crazy, but he leaves. He was literally an eyesight of him just shooting somebody. But he does leave, and then Rizzo turns to Miles. All right, you got to tell me the truth because we've been on West, talked on the phone in West Covina, and they ain't never heard of you. And now we know you're not really in the FBI because this guy doesn't know who you are either. So who are you? So then federale. he tells him he's a federale. That he had to throw the guys off the set because he had to. He was doing it for his country. And they're the like white. And the green. And the green. <laughs> the red. Feels good, then. Because he goes and he says, I'm doing it for my country. And he starts to describe the Mexican flag. The red, the white, but he can't remember what the third one is. Turns around, looks, and then turns back and says, the green. It is. And then Carlson checks. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and started. we started. If you had said, Carly, what color are the Mexican flag? I would have said, I don't know. <laughs> but now you'll know red forever. Red and white's good. good call. Most flags are red and white, but. There's no way you won't know now. Well, maybe you'll forget, but I'll never forget. If anybody ever asks me, what color's the Mexican flag? Red, Red, white, green. I know this forever because of this movie. That's some dumb movie trivia bullshit that I learned. (laughs) All right. So then Miles walks off. He says, I got to go. And he yells, Tango and Gato (laughs) and my pantalones to the Mexican federales. No, he says it to um, Rizzo and those guys. No, he yells it at the border guards. And then he tells them that he's he's out, and he walks off, and he's like, somebody get me a taco. And uh, he goes to the border, and Carlson stops him and says, hey, Malone, wait up. He says, Miles. And uh, he says, and Carlson calls him Logan. Logan. And uh, Hardcastle walks up. He calls and, him Wolverine. And Miles says, how'd you figure out? How'd you figure it out? And Carlson says, well, if I was Miles Logan, and I had hidden my diamond in a police building i just thought about what i would do i thought like a criminal and i figured you out and hardcastle goes good job this is a great collar for us he's a notorious felon mm-hmm. so he had to have done more than just two years 
prior to be a yeah. notorious felon. And this and Hardcastle has and, an extensive knowledge of Miles Logan, but has no idea what the fuck he looks like. <laughs> I know. And, uh... He's, Carlson's like, you know, it would be a big collar. It's too bad That's that how you know, he doesn't have a record because there was out no of picture. our jurisdiction. And this is the one time in the whole movie that they follow the rules because Miles is on the other side of the international border and they therefore cannot arrest him because he is now in Mexico. But they shake hands with him. You know what I'm going to do? The old, ah, got gotcha, you, Pull over the border. <laughs> you know what's in Mexico? Mexicans. <laughs> and then he walks off. Into Mexico with his diamond, dancing it up, Martin Lawrence style. He goes to El Rey, and if you want to stay in El Rey, you got to pay. Pay. (laughs) All right. He goes to this little bar. (laughs) Titty Twister. Titty Twister. Why in the fuck did you pick this bar? (laughs) Well, it's just as good as any. Look like a cool place. (laughs) I tell you what, that's the end of this movie. John, it's your birthday, and because I love you, I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, my favorite character is Carlson. Okay. My least favorite character is Rizzo. Okay. Because, dude, he's fucking horrible. <laughs> and I didn't yeah, notice it until you notice it, and then you can't not notice it, how creepy he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a creepo. Um, my favorite scene is right when he's arresting, um, what's the guy's name? Dave Chappelle, whatever I can Tully. Tully. Tully, thank you. He's like, put your hands on the pavement. There's the pavement. Then put them on the oodles and noodles. <laughs> I just like that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite tertiary object is the box of Dunkin' Donuts inside the police station because mm-hmm. donuts are good. Uh, and my favorite line is the red, the white, and, and the, the green. green. <laughs> and... I want to yay this movie, I really do, but I did not really like it this time. So I will give it the lightest yay. Oh, you're still going to yay it? I'll give it a light yay. You're not going to give it a maybe? See if it comes back around five years from now? I'm going to give it a light yay because there's just so many stupid people in this movie. (laughs) But see, the thing is, there's like good lines and a couple good things, Mm -hmm. and the rest of it's just crap, but they're really good so you forget about it. Mm -hmm. You only remember the good stuff. Yeah, okay. Well, um, go with Tony. Go with Tony. Because Carly yeah. had her head down, she was ready to read. Yeah, well, see what Tony has to say. I don't want Carly to steal all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Tony well, always goes last, and we all steal all the shit. Favorite character is Tully. Mm-hmm. Thought he, Chappelle was good in this. Least favorite character is Martin Lawrence. Although, he was, he was okay in this. He wasn't as bad and obnoxious as he usually is, but he's still, that character's dumb. <laughs> my favorite scene um, is the whole meeting LaFleur thing the, mm-hmm. the, the whole setup was fun my favorite line was put your hands on the noodles but John took it I didn't take the line to the scene mm-hmm. well, he took the whole put scene. your hands on the oodles and noodles chicken so or beef my favorite line now is shoot him okay blam <laughs> says, no kill him well that's not what you said <laughs> I thought that was actually really fun um, my favorite trish object is a fake diamond my other favorite scene is, I don't know what the bag, the little punk guy's name that's driving the truck. Mm-hmm. He, only he's a bad guy, Buffy, but mm-hmm. that's the only reason I remember him. He's running from Martin, and Martin doesn't actually catch him. Mm-hmm. He gets clotheslined by a clothesline. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Um, this movie falls apart really badly in the third act, but I think if Carly and Elaine took a couple days on the script... 
they could clean it up a little bit. And I mean, I'll light, I'll light you as well. It's okay. It's an interesting story that kind of they didn't stick the landing. Yeah, it okay. falls apart, but it's not. It's not a bad movie. We've definitely done worse movies. It's definitely not a thirty-six. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's better than that. Okay, I'll take it, Carly. All right, my She's favorite on a roll. character. I also went with Carlson. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I found him he's kind a, of he's enjoyable. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to not like Luke Wilson or Owen yeah. Wilson. He's good. They're good guys. He's, wow, wow. And he just wants to do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. My least favorite character. I also went with Martin Lawrence, and it wasn't necessarily the character; it was him because I think I would have liked it with a different actor. If he just Martin acted Lawrence a little bit more, annoys me. <laughs> Sometimes when comedians do movies that are that are vehicles for their comedy, it's not good. If they would just act in roles and use their recognition to sell the movie as opposed to their their persona to play the part my favorite scene was when they arrived at the drug deal and the back of the truck opened and tully came in and then deacon came in and i liked the scene with the three of them in the back of the truck my favorite line is silly Anytime they talk about how he was from West Covina because oh God. of crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Does she live in West Covina? Uh, she's the crazy ex-girlfriend, right? And like mm-hmm. her middle school boyfriend, she runs into him on the street and he talks about how he's either moving or going back to where he's from, which is West Covina. And she just quits her job and fucking moves to West, West Covina. Covina. <laughs> because he's like, if you're ever there, look me up. And she... She fucking moves there so she can look him up and try to get back together with him. But she sings this whole crazy song about West Covina. That that show's like a fireworks factory on fire. Like, you're like, why am I watching this? James Vanderbeek. Let me see the next one. You know, you just like, you can't stop watching it. You're like, this show's fucking weird. It's a musical sitcom that's bananas. We'll we'll not look at that. Okay. She does have a song about how her boobs are heavy, though. Anyways, but every time they said Westcovina, I just started thinking about the song okay. in my head, and it was funny. And my favorite tertiary object, I went with the remote control truck that he uses in the air ducts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I'll maybe it. Oh. Great. I'm, I can't yay it like y'all, but I'll maybe it. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> All right. I do think there's something good there. They just didn't pull it off. <laughs> my favorite character is Tully. My least favorite character, I went with Deacon. Not mm. none of the characters. I don't think any of the characters are <laughs> really bad, but I feel like this actor could be menacing so much better. And I wish they had played up the danger of him finding him more. Like they really yeah. didn't need both the Lafleur drug plot and the Deacon's gonna after you. I feel like they neither one of those really panned out properly. Uh, my favorite scene is the robbery where he encounters Tully. The whole thing from where it first happens and he's eating the chips on the floor to just everything. I love his interactions with Tully where he's trying to... Ex- where Tully does not understand what's happening and he doesn't explain what he's doing, but he's still trying to get Tully to stop interfering. Mm-hmm. I love all that stuff. Uh, my favorite line is the red, the white, the green, but I'll go with my backup. Oh, good. Which is, we got a call, burglary, that's us. We have to go outside? 
That's where all the crime is. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking funny. And my favorite object is the velour tracksuit that he wears. And I'm really sad it didn't say juicy on the butt. (laughs) We got to beat the police officers. Because it was very 90s to wear a velour tracksuit. Especially if you were a girl. I think that this movie is, it's not. Good. I think a lot of people would, I think a lot of people would classify this as a good bad movie. I don't. If I like a movie, I don't consider it to be bad, so I kind of think that's a stupid thing. Like, I don't have to qualify liking a bad movie. It's not really a great movie, but I find it funny enough still, and the actors all have a lot of charm with Luke Wilson, and even the guy that plays Rizzo, I didn't realize he was creepy, but it's kind of like, it's funny because he's got, like, this crush on this guy he doesn't even know, (laughs) and Hardcastle is played the same way. Yeah. And I just find it funny. So I like it, and I'm going to give it a yay. And I'll, three yays at a May Bay, I'll take that any day, because my picks are usually very controversial. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't get a song. Oh, no. Well, you can play the West Covina song if you want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard it before. No. Anyways. Um... um <laughs> You can find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. This month you can wish John a happy birthday if you email us. And tune in next week on on the the podcast podcast for John's birthday pick. What did you pick? Oh, he's flipping a coin. Oh, shit. Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. The first one? Yeah. We've already done two. So it's one or three. All right. It was down to Deadpool or Iron Man. Mm. But that's not The Godfather. Decision. No. That's a really long movie. Iron Man's he doesn't want to do yeah. those. Uh, and I don't think it will be a very interesting episode. Iron Man like, so then Michael goes to here. Then Michael kills this guy. So it won't be very interesting. Hmm. But Iron Man. Okay. Really? <laughs> you just realized what I was playing? <laughs> it's the first thing I thought of. All right. You know, no, we're done. Well, then you got to stop it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>